Welcome everyone to LGA, that is Lit Gaming Arena. This is a special pirate episode of the podcast. We have One-Eyed Justin. Arr, I'm fucking blind. And we got Two-Eyed Frost. <laughs> <laughs> I me parties. Why have two eyes? And you can call me something like like look, I got glasses. So your you four-eyed frost. <laughs> no spectacle frost. <laughs> I like Captain Spectacle Frost. And I'm Marcus the Hook Hands. Marcus. Alright. Let's get to, to it! So, Justin, do you have the time to listen to me whine? About new video games? <laughs> About nothing and everything all at once. It's Justin's favorite part of the podcast, which is the listing of lists. The lists. All right, we are going to get to the new games of the week of February 17th through the February 23rd. The February. The February. All right, we have February 18th, Trying to Complete Story on Switch. February 19th, Steins Gate Elite, PS4 and Switch. It's 8-bit Adventure Steins Gate on Switch. It's Death End Re-Quest, PS4. Is you it Re-Quest? It's Re-Semicolon Quest. <laughs> it, I feel like there should be an X in there somewhere. I mean, the Steins Gate also has a semicolon between Stein and Gate. I, Steins, Why? It's, a weird, it's a weird name. Just hold on. We're getting to all of these. <laughs> Is Unexplored Unlocked Edition PS4 or er, Pod PS4 or er, Steins Gate Linear Bounded ed, ed Phonogram PS4? <laughs> uh, the Sims 4 Movie Hangout Stuff PS4 or er, Blaze Rush Switch February 21st Near Automata Game of, of the Yora Yora <laughs> Edition. Well, Y O R A H A. What, Why O is that your ha? Your ha? Your ha? Is that a your edition? Is that a a year in a, Nier Automata? Get, yeah, probably. <laughs> I haven't played Nier Automata. Uh, X Morph Defense Switch, Aragami Shadow Edition Switch, Hell Wanderer Switch, Devil Engine Switch, it's War Planes World War Two Dogfight Switch, it's Rotating Brave Switch, Almost There That Platformer. Switch, Yumi Nikki Dream Diary Switch, Cube Two Switch, Galactic Army Switch, Dirt Rally. Oh, whoops! February twenty second, and Dirt Rally Two Point PS Four, or Anthem PS Four and Xbox, Unexplored Unlocked Edition Xbox, Tear Chains of Valhalla Switch, and Quest for the Golden Duck Switch. That is all the games, and these are subject to change, but that is all the games for the week of February 17th through the 23rd. Yay, new games. I want the Golden Duck game, that's for sure. And if <laughs> any of you have a way to spice up that segment, let me know in the comments that are not below, but they're somewhere. Uh, so Wherever comment you find on the podcast. Anywhere. Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> Stall the Twitter. So, Justin, you play anything? Yeah, I've been playing lots and lots of uh, Apex. You doing good? I'm terrible at it. Oh, I, you're I, doing terrible. I fucking suck at that I, game, but it's fun. 
<laughs> I I equally suck. I I can never tell if people are enemies or my teammates. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know it puts the like name above them. Yeah, if they're your teammates, but yeah, I feel like I also have an issue spotting enemies because everything kind of blends in with the background pretty well. I feel like maybe I either need to sit closer to a the TV or get a bigger TV. I mean, looking at like PC gamers nowadays, or they have like 30 inch screens in front of their face on a desk. So oh it's my god, probably a little easier to see. Um, I their mean, eyes. <laughs> and that's kind of how I used to play Xbox games because I just had, like I've mentioned before, I had this really Frankenstein monster of a setup where. I had my Xbox connected to my PC monitor and they were connected to the speakers and everything on my PC so I could still use the same speak speakers without switching anything. It would so also help having two eyes. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I had two <laughs> eyes up until bad. today. I, I got some, some shit in my eye and I'm having a real hard time dealing with it right now. So. Basically, right now I have both eyes closed, and I hope I'm talking close enough to the microphone. <laughs> you sound fine to me, but okay. I hopefully you sound fine to our audience. That's that's all that matters. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, kind of central when you think about it. You just you, you've got your eyes closed. It's Valentine's Day. You're t you, it's just you and the audience. <laughs> just yes, I'm just living hey in the guys, moment here. A happy Valentine's gonna Day make to our news, audience it's, that we missed. <laughs> it's it's going to make uh, the new segment very difficult, not being able to see anything. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but, but yeah, Apex is a real fun game. Um, despite the fact that I don't have any other friends on the Xbox playing it, um, because that's how I am playing Who it. Who have you been playing as? I've been playing as the Pathfinder primarily. Okay. I like I, the little robot guy. He's I, really funny. <laughs> I have not yet really found a good use for his ult, which is of course, um, creating a zip line. I, haven't really found a situation where that is something that I can just like deploy in the middle of combat and use but I do like the grapple hook especially like getting around the map pretty quickly um, I've if, been playing Gibraltar because I like that bubble like that, shield that shield that the yeah. good shield and he's the one that does the airstrike right yeah, yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not good with any of that stuff <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not good with this entire game I but like I said, I'm having a fun time with it. I do wish I did have people to play with on the Xbox because that is one issue I have is um, I've I could join you on Xbox. Nobody asked me. Well, I, you should join me on Xbox. <laughs> I'll, I'll, pl I'll play on any platform. I just like I'm on PlayStation. Well, it's easy to join you on any platform because this game happens to be free. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's what talk about saying? the success of the game. It's been pretty well, we well received. We kind of talked a little bit about that last time that it's at yeah. like 10 it's, million, but oh, it's at well, 25 million now. Me. Oh, it's at 25. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> By the end of the first week, it was 25 million. Um, so I don't, I haven't seen any updated numbers since that 25 figure. And that was a few days ago. They're not going to update it till it hits 50. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but it's doing real well. And I mean, today they had some new cosmetics go out special for Valentine's Day. Um, Did they buff Gibraltar? Because I could use it. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I didn't know I I don't I didn't read any of that stuff yet myself. I only have a like fistful of kills because I like never run into anybody, and when I do, I get ambushed. Murdered. I I actually managed to ambush somebody. Um, 
I've had a few times where I started the game and ended up with no teammates. Um, That's the worst. I don't know if that's a thing that happens often. It's happened to me at least twice now. But one of those times, one time I just, I ended up in the circle and I just hid the entire game. <laughs> and I ended up in like the last, th- I, the last three um, teams. The, the la- Yeah, the last three yeah. teams or squads and ended up just getting brutally murdered by the time I found somebody. Then the oh, next you, time. You wouldn't have armor or anything to really defend yourself. Well, I did. I, I, I. What, did I, you get lucky and get like some blue armor? He's just that bad. <laughs> well, I, um. I think it was purple armor. Oh, geez. I, I, I dropped in a really good area that nobody else happened to drop in, and it just happened to be where the circle was. I, I've never found, like, purple gear. Oh, yeah. I find, I've found purple gear, gear pretty often, I, actually. I found a purple sight. That's it. Like, I've, I don't think <laughs> I've found any purple guns yet, but I have I have found, like, purple armor and stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the, the other time I ended up by myself, then I just kind of like, I, I ran around and tried to find people purposefully and actually ended up right behind somebody and I just mowed them down, but then their team destroyed me. So yeah, I always think I'm getting the jump on somebody and I, I don't know if it's just because I'm running into them too late or maybe they have a lot just better equipment than me. But one time I like pumped a whole bunch of shotgun bullets into somebody and they had t- like me shooting them from behind. I had time to pump about three shotgun blast into somebody pretty close range. And they had time to turn around and mow me down with a machine gun. You must have been using the Mozambique. <laughs> Maybe I have no idea. Uh, I don't know if you've read, but apparently that shotgun is like the the worst one. Hmm. I uh, Yeah, I have all about that peacekeeper. I haven't been paying too much attention to that stuff yet since I've only done maybe 10 rounds. I haven't done a whole bunch. I don't know how many rounds I've done. I know I've done a bunch. Um, I think I have like three kills, though. I'm pretty not that good at well, this Well, we're game. about equal in kills. <laughs> um, but like I said, I've only been playing. I, I kind of want to try out some of the other ones. Um, it's going to take me forever to earn enough stuff to unlock like Mirage or something. So I'm almost debating on actually just buying the currency so I can unlock Mirage because that ability looks super cool and like the most useful out of any of that I've seen so far. Which is interesting because I've like I've seen that used really well, but I hearing other people talk about it, they're like it, decoy is du- like are always dumb, and I'm like that. It seems useful as hell when I've seen it used. Well, I've seen it like de- I've seen someone deploy like it seems like you can deploy more than one. Um, Probably I've, I've never maybe I've it's maybe it's an alt or something, it. but it just seems like I I swear I was with a guy and he like just deployed like two decoys and sent them in like two opposite directions and he just snuck around and killed these guys from behind. The the character I run into the most is the uh, the ninja, the female ninja girl. Yeah, the one that you can like create the portal with. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good character. That's a really popular character from what I've seen. Everybody chooses it, her it seems like a good starting character plus i think it attracts some edgelords just because it's a ninja but <laughs> she do, totally does the naruto run yeah well, she she also she, she reminds me of the speed of sonic sound <laughs> no <laughs> she reminds me yeah. of the bad guy the supposed bad guy the antagonist like the the joke antagonist from one punch man yeah speed of sonic sound <laughs> oh is that his name yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm sorry. I wow, I really failed my One Punch Man. I've only <laughs> seen the season one, so I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't know. But yeah, it's uh, what that, a stupid that character name. seems useful as an early character because because you can like vanish. 
Like you, you can go all like ethereal and like so people can't find you. So you, you have a good escape. So that seems extremely useful for learning the game, I think, versus at least my character like Gibraltar where I'm just like, I, I can't, I can put a shield up, but it, it doesn't always do me much good. Yeah, and I've, I mean, I've been on the opposite side of that and been like, well, fuck, now I can't kill Gibraltar because he has his goddamn shield up. <laughs> I just, I swear I'm always flanked. Like, I, I don't know how or why, but I, I'm usually just like surrounded by all three of their teammates. Yeah, <laughs> it seems that's usually the case for me too. It's just no matter, like, I can be backed up against a wall and there will still be someone behind me. And I, I will have started with my teammates, but it'll be like both of them get down and then just I'm like, well, my shield's up and just I'm gonna get murdered. Yeah. And I've still, like, every once in a while I get paired with some people that are really good and they do a really good job coordinating and, um, running around. It seems like the, the, the name of the game is to, like, n- never sit still ever. <laughs> and just constantly be running as fast as you can from location to location. Isn't that the same thing in Fortnite though? Like yeah, you can't essentially, sit still. Kind of yeah, but it's it, it's still a lot different gameplay. This is way more fast paced than Fortnite ever is cuz you're sprinting everywhere and like hauling over jumping over obstacles and climbing stuff like just you're basically like uh what's you're parkour. Called? Yeah, parkour. You're doing parkour. Yeah, you're basically doing parkour. <laughs> all around this area as fast as you can getting from point a to point b finding weapons uh staying in the circle killing people and it's a it's a really good time i enjoy that uh but i just i suck at the gameplay or that i suck at the gunplay uh shooting other people and getting shot at and i just get murdered I love that you're on teams of three, though, as much as that can be a deterrent when your teammates drop or if you have a teammate that gets killed and they drop immediately because they're clearly from like one of the other Battle Royale games. Yeah. Yeah. I've it's frustrating sometimes because I'll get paired up with some real idiots and some guy will just run off by himself and then just get killed and then he quits the game. It's like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, and, and then I I know I mentioned to you that I played a match where I died like within the first minute or two and then <laughs> yeah. my I stayed in because I was paired with a friend and him and the other guy made it to the final two. Yeah, and that happened to me too. I ended up about sometime into round two i ended up getting killed and it was like while the ring was retreating and i ended up on the other side of the ring so they're like uh, i was past the point of no return from for them to revive me so they just kept going and ended up in the top two but they still lost anyway so i'm like well still didn't get the win out of it (laughs) bummer (laughs) bummer yes i still haven't gotten a full win myself but i've placed second and third so like right there as much as i'm not good at killing anybody (laughs) yeah i'm yeah i'm it's kind of a waiting game but i mean that's the case with all of these it feels like you 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 just want to run around and pick up gear and make sure you're loaded for the end yeah basically um i definitely need practice shooting people so i feel like i need to just drop into a hot zone and just try to get more practice in actually shooting as well as practice using like the like healing myself and recharging my shields and doing that on the fly because that's something i seem to always forget about i kind of wish they would add a smaller map death match to this just so you could practice with guns like that would be pretty cool. Just too. like a 25 person death match, like just so you could practice shooting, basically. I wish I could just jump into the map and explore the map by myself so I know where <laughs> everything is. That 
that's cheating. No, no. Um, so I mean, play it enough times and you will have it memorized. That this, you know, and then that they'll add a new map and change it. <laughs> no, they'll just change it every week, like Fortnite does. <laughs> no, I think they're obviously aiming for the more competitive, like esports angle. So I think I think that will be part of the game, and they won't necessarily want to change things too radically. I think their focus is going to be adding cosmetics and monetizing this thing. Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, esports, apparently there already was some form of tournament for this within the first week, and um, none other none other than Ninja himself and two other people that I don't recognize um, won that tournament. So, which is upsetting to me. He's back in. And stronger than ever. Yep. <laughs> Did he play the ninja? Honestly, I don't know. All I saw was uh, the I, headline was enough for I me. Feel I was like, I feel to. like I got all I need to know from that uh, that that headline, and I don't need to read more. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good headline. <laughs> anyway, Frost, what did you play anything? I beat Kingdom Hearts and I got the secret ending. I spent a lot of time collecting the lucky emblems to get that secret ending. Thank God I finally finished that. Um, and I also I bought Final Fantasy 15 to play, but I didn't start that yet. And I ended up playing Final Fantasy 9. Just I guess it was just like my my go-to filler game so that's what i comfort food yeah it was i didn't really have anything that i wanted to like dive too deeply into or stick my toes in too much so i just defaulted to final fantasy 9 i haven't i haven't played that for years so that's what that was super exciting right how about you (laughs) oh me i played a lot of stuff um i finished up wargroove uh that game is extremely good it's way way better than it probably should be considering it cost me 15 bucks and i've dumped more than 20 hours in it already to beat the campaign and there's still more stuff i can do in that fuck that there's even (laughs) especially after me paying 60 dollars for kingdom hearts that has 20 to 30 good hours of play time i mean this has like unlimited hours really but because there's like you can play competitively it has a map editor so you could make your own maps and verse people with those maps it's it's got a lot of intricate stuff to it and yeah i I saw you playing uh, it looked interesting yeah i mean it's it's a lot like advanced wars but in many ways it's so much more than advanced wars this team it it needs recognition for everything it did (laughs) for this like series it it really made some changes like I, i i know some people were complaining about how complex the some of the combat stuff is like like to get criticals with spearmen you have to have them side by side in some configuration and they'll get a critical but it's always it's an always guaranteed critical if you have that like done or arrow like your archers will get criticals if they haven't moved that turn so if they can shoot somebody from the square they're at they'll get a, a critical well i'm super interested to well, I guess not. I'm looking forward to doing a GG episode on that with you. So you can look forward to listening more on that um, when we publish Wargroove GG. Keep an eye out for that it. That game's too good. It's, Marcus really liked it's it. It's too good. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it more. I, I played Musha yesterday and I finished up the last little bit of that, which there wasn't really... Oh, there's not... I had basically just two boss fights left, so... There's not much to say more on that than what I have said before. I mean, it's it's very faithful remaster, uh, but because the, I mean, it's it's just that old PS2 game. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to trust you on that. I I watched the trailer and just didn't didn't click with me. I think it's one of those things you had to you, you had, had to have been there. Yeah, you. It's something I think only people who played it can respect. I don't I don't think anybody who hasn't played Onimusha like I don't think they would get anything out of this. It, it's like not something people who haven't played it should buy or even even unless you just randomly like really old hack and slash games. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, if you are interested, we will be doing a GG episode on that too. Yeah, and then I I I played Apex Legends as well, so but I kind of spoke to that already. I I started playing Jump Force, um which Yeah, you mentioned you really needed to like kick yourself in the ass to get going with that. It's a weird game. Um like weird to get into or it, I just don't like how certain things are configured in it, mostly involving the story mode because it's just structured very poorly it kind of has a like the jump force headquarters is kind of the area that you're in and you like get missions from just a mission person but you're also online with other players with your little avatar guy so you'll see people riding around on like their little floating chair so it's a lot like xenoverse which this is probably made by the xenoverse team i wouldn't doubt probably with the xenoverse money <laughs> yeah it just it it's got a lot of problems for sure remind remind me again what the gameplay is exactly i mean it's a fighting game oh okay. it just it, it's, for some reason i keep thinking that jump force is like a shooter uh, <laughs> it just sounds like, like it would be a shooter to me <laughs> like no it's just it's a fighting game it's just with a bunch of the shonen jump anime characters but you do get to make your own character and he gets his own set of like specials that you can equip to him. So he, he can have like Kamehameha's or whatever it is from any series. There are just all kinds of abilities you can unlock. See, it's just it, there's, there's no characters that I like, so I don't want to play it. <laughs> no characters you like? No, I don't like a lot of the shoujo stuff. Sh shonen? Shoujo, shonen. You don't like... What, what's the difference between Shonen and Shoujo? They're just two different companies? I don't know what Shoujo is. Oh, God. I think <laughs> Shoujo is um like Shaman King. I'm going to look it up now. I thought but Shaman I King was Shonen Jump. But now, now I'm curious. Well, but I, I just... It, I don't like I don't like Dragon Ball Z. I don't like Luffy. There's just... You don't like One Piece. You don't like Naruto. No. You, you don't like Jojo. I don't know. You don't like Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean, I like Yu-Gi-Oh, but it's more like I like to hate it. Yeah, you, know. <laughs> and you, you don't like Hunter x Hunter? No, I don't. I never you got don't. into that. What else is in there? I see. It's just, it's just, and that's exactly why it is what it is. is because you don't it's like, like Kenshin? The, you don't like Roni Kenshin? Oh, I love Roni Kenshin, but that would like be Ken really Kenshin's weird to be in Kenshin in a, in a, have you played as him yet in it? Yeah. Is he like? How does he control as a fighting character? Game? I mean, they. All, I haven't seen him around in a million years. All like the he's characters old. <laughs> kind of control the same. Oh, he's not like super flighty and jumpy and like air. I, I imagine no, they he would all be. just kind of have the same like. <clears throat> th th I mean, st stylistically, the moves look different when you do them, but they all function fundamentally the same. Well, that's not good because you like to have them feel different. That's kind of the the, nope, the point. All, nope. Not this time. <laughs> well, that sucks because you would you would honestly think that like jo is is which JoJo is in the JoJo's which JoJo of the JoJo's Jotaro's Jotaro you would, you would expect him to be more of like a like a heavier moving kind of character. Oh, Kenshiro's and then, also in there and from Fist of the North Star. I, 
Yeah, and you would expect him to be kind of like a slower, lumbering character, but then he, but and no, they all like, like punch a bunch and Kenshin might move like Bob. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I always wish anime fighting games got more into like trying to be serious and actually differentiate the characters based on how they look and what they like do. But it, other than once again, I guess cosmetically the moves look different, but they're all fundamentally, they all the characters fight the same fundamentally. Well, you, you like fighting games. That's like one of the things that you really like a lot. Would you say that this is actually a good fighting game or no. it's just like a cosmetically like, pretty? no, it's just, it's, it's fan service. Oh, see that? There we go. I don't need. I don't need to like any of the characters because I don't need to like the game. You're just <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, it's not. I do like Kenshin though. I will. I will speak out to him. I like. He's I'm, my baby. I'm, just, but I, I'm not. Uh, You're not really not selling a, it to me. <laughs> well, it's not really a good game. I mean, but at the same time, what outside of Fighter Z, I don't know if there is another good anime game. I liked the old Naruto fighting games, like the PlayStation 2 I ones. Mean, yeah, those were good. At the same the, I actually think those were kind of the best case scenario for anime fighting games, but it's still like they're all like not exactly great. And well, don't you like that One Piece fighting game? Yeah, but I mean it's not good. <laughs> Okay, you liking something doesn't necessarily make it good. Got it. And I, I should I should understand that Miss I like Kingdom Hearts over here. <laughs> I mean and, and Sanji from One Piece in this, just like I didn't think they would stick true to it in this game so much as they do in the One Piece games, but he can't fight females. Huh. He 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 does zero damage to them basically. <laughs> he just shoots But there's like hardly any females in hearts. that game though, right? He shoots hearts everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's but- isn't there like what like one or two um no i think there's a few more i I can't really name them off the cuff really but just he he can't fight well and at least in the where i had to deal with that situation just the like random character which is like not a real character just happened to be a female so and i had sanji on my team and i switched to him and he just shot a bunch of hearts at her oh good Good, good man Sanji, I Which, guess. I mean, it's it's like part of the One Piece lore, but it's like kind of annoying because then it, you, you might as well never pick him because you, you run the odd, like you run the risk of whoever you're fighting have, being a female and then you're like gimped a character. <laughs> well, well, there you go, folks. We, we, we did a LGA episode and a GG episode all in one. <laughs> Let's just mark that off our list. <laughs> no, I, I would want to. Do you want to actually do a GG for one? Of, yeah, eventually. I oh, mean, okay. it, I would like to give more insight once I actually like finish, I guess, everything that's there. But I mean, I, I just straight up can say it's like not exactly a good game. It just is. <laughs> it's fan service. Like, I can appreciate I think, fan service the game. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that I think the entire anime... Maybe not so much rippling muscles, but... <laughs> I mean, all anime games, I feel that's the market. Like, it's just fan service. It's just, I like this property, and I'm going to like playing with these characters. And that's... I mean, I was a little upset that Blackbeard is, like, strangely flat as a pancake. Like, he's he's a big fat guy, but he's, he's really wide, but not he doesn't got so much girth well that's just weird it it, he looks kind of terrifying when he he's flipped sideways (laughs) yeah so played some jump force and it's it's been a weird experience and i i I played some more resident evil 2 um 
I still oh, haven't you still finished have it. Yet. Yeah, you really haven't. That's weird. I I'll, I'll get to it. I got really sucked into Wargroove, and I, I was sick over the weekend, so it just helped that I could just curl up in a blanket and play my Switch. Like just lay there and play some Wargroove and get a, like bang out a mission in an hour or two. Okay, I found the difference between Shonen and Shoujo. I feel stupid now because I should have known this. Shonen is for young boys and Shoujo is for young girls. So oh, okay. Shoujo is like Sailor Moon. Um, All right. Shonen would be Yu Yu Hakusho, I guess, and Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Is Yu Yu Hakusho in that? In yeah. Jump Wars? T- Tagoro and Yusuke are both in there. What? Not Kurabara? No. And Kurama's not in there. <laughs> But there is going to be nine DLC characters, so maybe eventually... I mean, it doesn't matter because it's a bad game, but still. I mean, I bought the season pass, but <laughs> which is why I had the game on the 12th instead of the, on the 15th. So technically, this game's not out yet. It will be Ooh, as of the podcast. we got a fancy release. By paying extra money. <laughs> that you pro- Do you regret paying that extra money? No. Okay. Well, I as long split as you're this, happy. I split it with a friend because we share a PlayStation account. Like, yeah. So, yeah, we split the cost. So, it, it's $100, but I only paid half that. So, 50 huh. Yeah. It, but I it's mean, still a lot, but, you know, it's, it's, as long as you're happy. It's fan service. <laughs> Anything else you've been playing? And then I, I played a little Pokemon yesterday. Your I'm little, trying to like, get... Let's go Pikachu? Yeah, I'm trying to get a Scyther um, for my friend. Uh, and it apparently has a 1% spawn rate. And I had like a 52 chain and it still never found one. Weird. It just it won't show up. So I'm going to try again tomorrow and see where we end up. But well, I wish you luck with that. That sounds annoying. I mean, a 1% spawn rate is low, but... I, considering how long I was out there, I had to have gone through at least 300, 400 Pokemon. Yeah. Ugh. 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 That just sounds like a headache. It it wasn't it wasn't fun waiting. Like I <laughs> I had a lot of max lures on, so I was luring the maximum amount of Pokemon towards me, as well as had like at that point you may chain. as well just be playing. You're just playing waiting simulator. <laughs> well, I thought it le- at the very least I would run into a Scyther or I would run into a shiny, and I ran into neither. So I'm sorry, your efforts were wasted. Well, my chain's still up since I, I just had to take a break from it for a bit. I just got burned out. But So now that we know what's on your list for the next week. <laughs> what, more Jump Force? <laughs> more Jump Force than Pokemon. A little, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> It'll be a little bit of those. I, I think I'll surprise people with some other stuff. All right. Let's take a quick break. Some may never know the sweet, succulent taste and smell of ham, but there is one thing that any with an open heart and mind may one day know the aromatic trip to Flavortown of. My audio-visual internet videos that don't have intrinsic smell or taste. Hi there, welcome to Denny's. I'm Aaron. I'll be your server today. Oh yeah, and get this, I run a YouTube channel called Lofty Smalls. Crazy, right? I'm an absolute unit at search engine optimization, so if you want to look me up, all it takes is a search of my channel name into any functional search engine, and I'm literally the only thing that comes up. 
Plaza. Or you can find me at youtube.com slash C slash waffle cake if you prefer. That's one Lofty Smalls trademark at your service. I like to describe my content as video game essays with a hefty portion of shitpost mixed in. Like a dollop of daisy in your chili on a cold winter's morn. And I'm literally getting snowed in as we speak. Please send help. Or that mead that Girder makes with juniper berries mixed in. Again, that's Lofty Smalls trademark at youtube.com slash C slash waffle cake. Well, I think I'll be on my way now. I've got a batch of cookies in the oven that every person who subscribes to me in the next 10 milliseconds will have instantly appear in their bloodstream. Good luck, you fucking weirdos. Thank you, and ta-ta! Cheerio! Have a nice day now! Oh, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Thanks for having me, LGA. our new friend Lofty Smalls that you just heard from. He's a YouTuber that does some awesome content who shares our love of video games. So go check him out. Also, don't forget to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Lit Gaming Arena and join our Discord at chat.litgamingarena.com and also our website LakeGamingArena.com, where you can find all of our episodes posted if you are not already subscribed to us on whatever podcast app you use also review us on itunes that would help out the show greatly we don't have any reviews as of this recording so it would be great to get some of those up there if you're enjoying this show and share the show with your friends if you like video games and i'm sure you also have friends who like video games and maybe they'll enjoy us too and that's all i have for you so here are some other promos for other podcasts that we are friends with so check them out as well and then we'll get right back into the news didn't see you there. My name is Winstolf, and, together with the gorgeous Edgerton boys, I host the lovely yet slightly disturbed Shard Select, the gaming podcast equivalent of standing on a rusty nail at a funfair. We have hot takes on many the video game, the latest news, and even an interesting main feature per episode. You are clearly listeners of the best tastes, so why not hunt us down like dogs on iTunes, Spotify, or indeed any other podcast detecting service? We promise you'll laugh, cry, possibly beg for death, but only possibly. Want superior jokes and intellect? Look anywhere but Chad Select. Hey everybody, this is RJ, Ash, Ray, Brandon, Harrison, and Bronson. We host a Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Realms and Nerds. Some highlights of our show include wreaking havoc in every town we visit, blowing up hot tubs, killing off fan favorite characters, high necromancers, inappropriate wedding etiquette, and every now and then, actually good storytelling. Join us in the realms of Pridea for fun fantasy adventures every week. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or just about wherever you get podcasts. Hello? Wait, is this thing on? 
Oh, all right. Well, hello, everybody. My name's Grog. I'm part of Sword Art Online, ever a missing role player found. Grog? But, yeah, it's nice now. How's it going? What are you doing? I'm doing the promotion. But I'm supposed to do the promotion. But I'm the master of toasts. Grog, Speaking no, Speaking no. of which, the toast's done. Grog, it's not literal toast. What do you mean? What is it then? Here, let me show you. Hi guys, Snow here with Missing Role Player Found. Check out our actual play podcast on your favorite listening app, such as iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And check us out on our website at missingroleplayerfound.com. Oh, so that's what it is. All right, I think I got it now. Look, let me do the next promotion now. All right, fine. Yeah. Okay, and we are back from the break, and I am still partially blind, but I have uh, 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 we have to do the segment that we missed before the break because of me, basically. But here's here's the future headlines. Uh, future headline: Justin replaces his eyes with robot eyes because fuck eyes. Oh, that's a pretty cool uh, thing. Yeah, I was really inspired by Alita, uh, Battle <laughs> Angel. Gotta say, I enjoyed that movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, back when you had two eyes. Yeah, now I have <laughs> I have one, one good eye. The other one, I don't know what's going on. With one it, and a half eyes it, right now. I'm in a lot of pain right now, but it'll all be better once I replace these eyes with robot eyes. Then I won't have to worry about the pain. Uh, yeah, good thing you have that time machine. Yeah, we'll go <laughs> right right into the future. I might need to cross dimensions too, though. I don't know. Maybe gotta get that. Find the universe where the android chicks look like anime girls. My future headline is that uh, Mario Maker Two is uh, is Luigi Maker. <laughs> Luigi Maker. That's that's a could be plausible. It's yeah. Uh, 20, 2019's actually secretly another year of Luigi. <laughs> Luigi Two. Year of Luigi Two. <laughs> they should do. I don't. They should do the. Um, Mario universe like the Chinese New Year's like every year is a different character in the Mario verse that would be cool Just like, like this that. is the year of Mario and then or here's this is the this is the year of Toad or something like that. Just like different. And then, and that's when they release a new Captain Toad game or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and or not even really release. A, just a new Super Princess Peach. You know? <laughs> they, and I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even say they would have to release any specific games. They could just be like, oh, here's just some fun stuff. Like here's some events in the games that involve these characters. That's or, a, I, I actually or, like that idea. Or here's just like special like stuff that they post on their social media like here's a luigi themed thing we're doing this week or whatever yeah my my future headline's not as grim as yours <laughs> where you you need an eyeball replacement and we, we don't need a year of all these nintendo characters no we, no we do need <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm i'm uh I'm still reeling from from seeing Alita Battle Angel last night. <laughs> it might have blinded you. It, yeah, might have. That might could have got be it. shrapnel in your eye from that 3D movie. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. It was a rough movie. I don't know. The story was kind of eh. I mean, but I'm not. I'm not a manga. You said person. there was like a jet engine scythe thing that blasted your eyeball into oblivion. <laughs> that was a pretty cool weapon. <laughs> I don't know. I really liked the visuals in the movie. Were good. Um, if you want to see a bunch of cyborgs beat the hell out of each other, that's then go see that movie because that's a good chunk of the movie. 
I kind of want to check this out, even though, I mean, it could be really good or bad. I can't really tell. I think I think you would like it for the visuals and the actual action. The story, like I said, is not the greatest, um, but that's something I expect from anything with James Cameron's name on it is good visuals, story. Eh. At least at this point. Yeah, I at mean, this point. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I mean, his old stuff was like top notch. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, nowadays he's just like he's he's all about the experience and the visuals over the storytelling, I think. What I think it, innovation comes that way in yeah. some form. But and I mean, he drives he 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 drives the movie industry somewhat with what he does. I mean, I mean, he's pushing it forward in some way in yeah. some space. I mean, the I still feel like some of this will feel dated in 10 years looking back, like the animation, especially like Alita herself with the weird giant anime eyes. And like you can still tell it's computer animated, um, but it still does look really good. Like the animation, the skin texture, like everything looks fantastic but it's just still one of those things that like no matter what you do technology with animation is always going to improve and look better every 10 years so yeah that's why i always like practical effects but there's a lot of things you can't do with practical effects and i feel like a lot of that was in this movie so well that's always good because yeah i mean i i miss practical effects but i understand that's kind of a dying art form and yeah that like animatronics and stuff kind of yeah. don't exist as much as they yeah. used to. And that's, I mean, practical effects. That's why Mad Max Fury Road is still my favorite movie. God, that movie's like way too good. I still, I every once in a while, I still go and watch all the behind the scenes stuff for that movie. So just good. what they did, like the amount of vehicles they actually did just completely trashed for the sake of cinematography. And I mean, the stunt drivers too, like, yeah, like oh man and that's intense work do you know they built four of the war rigs yeah that's crazy it's man. like i i would kill to drive one of those things <laughs> like i mean i could drive one because i have a cdl so i mean if by chance one of those were ever in the u.s i'd be like i'd 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 be finding my way to go <laughs> but there's only one guitar man i wish yeah. there was four guitars <laughs> No, that was uh the guitar one was was a truck they wrecked. Yeah, but he was cool. <laughs> I'm just pointing out that guitar man was yeah way more cool than he needed to be. Yeah, and that was that was and well that movie was also another good example of practical effects combined with CGI. Yeah, and I think that was almost a perfect way. Oh yeah, because they showed like that that wreck scene where they destroyed that truck the practical part and then they showed the stuff where they added in all the cgi and like it just made it that much better like it was it was practical effects enhanced by cgi in the best way which is i mean that's how most movies should be done but it just they're 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 either all one way or the other yeah feels i mean and that's even another movie where it's not that much of a story like it's a pretty simple story but it it just it, delivers uh, yeah on it, every front yeah it's a simple story but they pull it off they they don't they don't hold anything back they don't let anything get in the way of telling the story either M- most people i think that shouldn't like that movie end up 
it's one of their favorite movies. Like, yeah, pe- people not typically into action movies or something are suddenly like, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, they did such a good job with it. There's hardly any dialogue in the entire movie. There has to be like maybe what ten lines at most. Yeah, I mean it's a visual masterpiece. Yeah, everything is done visually. Um, even like that that opening intro scene where, or not that not the very in- first intro, but um where Mad Max is running around um, after he gets captured. In that part, they, they filmed that, but they they edited every second of that to speed up and slow down the footage while um, during that scene. So things were would get fast or they'd slow down or get fast and slow down. Like they wouldn't keep it at the same speed just to give it a weird effect of like just this weird dystopian future <laughs> where nothing really makes sense. So yeah, like George Miller is a crazy person and makes me sad that he's too old to make another Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> it took him what, 20, 30 years to make this one. <laughs> and this is easily the best one. Yeah. It's really good. And it, it, worth the wait basically. But yeah, there are rumors saying that he might make it this into its own trilogy, but like he, he basically came out and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm too old to make another one of these movies. Sorry guys. <laughs> I mean, he's basically responsible for all eighties anime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> like, we, like we wouldn't have fist of the North star if it wasn't for Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Mad Max. And that was not the future you went to, to get your eyeballs. No, that would, I, I would probably be, a, uh, one of, um, the elite of battle angel first. No, I would have I would have been one of the um war boys then <laughs> for sure. I would have been a blood bag. Which is an Immortan Immortan Joe. One of Immortan Joe's war boys. <laughs> they would just murder me because I'm useless with one eye. Shiny and chrome. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well I think that, that about sums up the future headlines. We got off on a tangent there, but I mean what is what is this podcast? We just go go off on every tangent we can, especially during future headlines. Especially that's, during future headlines. That's just a that's just a tangent. That's a it's it, just a place for fun. Yeah, <laughs> and it's you. Sometimes it has to do with video games, but it doesn't always end up ending on video games. Uh, okay, so let's get to some news. If I can read my read with one eye here. Okay, so I it's I. I wanted to get some of this other non-video game stuff out of the way first. So the first thing was that there's a video that surfaced of a guy uh, handling what looked to be a Samsung Galaxy S10, and he had a screen protector on it. And if if you're unaware, they are starting to do the whole fingerprint scanner underneath the screen which is something that they have been working on for the last couple of years. And they've every outlet has always been saying, oh, this is the this is the year we get the fingerprint scanner underneath the screen. And it never happened, but it looks like it's actually happening with the S10. And so this guy has a screen protector on his screen and there's two cutouts on it. The cutout one being for the uh, camera, since they are going for the whole like bezel-less thing, but with a hole for where the camera is so there's just going to be like a circle um but then there was also a hole where the fingerprint scanner is which 
looks like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it seems really stupid to me, but... Like, I really hope that this is not going to be the case, that you will need a hole in a screen protector in order to use that fingerprint scanner. Yeah, I'll just get the next phone after that. I, I have time. Yeah, yeah I, I got, mean... I got nothing but time over here. <laughs> I mean, by the time this comes out... Um, <gasps> Basically, I'm I'm on I'm on the um, alternate path of getting notes, so um, I'll be due for an upgrade when the Note 10 comes out. I'll get the Pixel 5. <laughs> so hopefully, the Note 10 won't have that same issue if the S10 has this issue. I'm I won't hold my breath too much though. I don't know. My phone's gonna be a foldable screen. I I don't like that foldable screen tech. Mine's gonna. My phone is gonna be my wallet. <laughs> I mean, if things go the way that I want them to, we shouldn't have to carry wallets around. My phone is gonna be my new eyeballs that I get from your future timeline. <laughs> this is sad news. The opportunity did not answer NASA's final call and is now lost to us. It was a sad day. So basically, this little uh, so this little rover had been. Running for about 14 years. They're saying that it, uh, 14, 15 years. Its mission was only supposed to be about 90 days, but it just kept on trucking for 14, 15 years. But there was a large dust storm in last June, and they just haven't heard from it since. So it's now lost. It's lost to us all. So RIP little rover. I mean, that's still cool as hell, though. Yeah. Like the fact that it, lasted that long apparently it also played itself like a little birthday tune every year what i mean it sounds so sad to me hearing that like <laughs> just by all itself. alone up there happy birthday to me it's i'm like, all alone on the red planet yeah somebody just, please come save uh, me just let me die <laughs> well the, the other ones up there yeah there's other ones um they'll run into it elon musk will be there soon yeah, he'll go pick it up. He'll go. He'll, he'll go save it. it. <laughs> he'll save it. He'll he'll soup it up too. Make it drive real fast. Put and then put the Tesla logo on it. Oh, speaking of Tesla, they just came out with. Uh, I didn't even have this on my news list, but I saw this today. They now have a dog mode. I think that's what it's What's called. What's that mean? I can't remember. <laughs> it's a um. So you can leave your dog in the car if it, if you take your dogs with you. There is a mode that will keep the car uh, at temperature regulated. Yeah, yeah, temperature temperature regulated to keep animals safe inside your car. And it will let passerbys know that your dogs are safe. So people don't bust your windows and get your cars out. Like, I don't know what what it actually does to indicate. So I don't know like, if someone's just walking by, it's like, Hey, the, the dogs are fine in here. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> don't you think about touching me? <laughs> the dog or the, the car just starts barking at people. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, Tesla is, that's a company that thinks of things that like nobody else would ever think of. Like who thinks of like implementing a dog temperature control feature for your car? They're, I mean, I like, mean, it's, who else but Tesla? They're the only ones that care. They're like, they think of these innovators. things. Yeah, like, they think of these things that, like, wow, why didn't anybody else do this sooner? Like, they did you know they also have a bio bioweapon defense mode? What? Why? They have, like, a really souped up hep, 
um, he, how do you pronounce it? HEPA? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, they, they have a really souped up HEPA filter that doesn't run at max capacity all the time, but you can turn it on to like max capacity. It's called, um, and it's, it's literally called bioweapon defense mode. I just want the ludicrous speed. <laughs> so that's so if, all I want. So if some, uh, um, so in theory, if a chemical or bioweapon were deployed in on the U.S. soil, and you had a Tesla, th- in theory, you would be safe inside one of those because of that HEPA filter that just fil- does crazy air filtering and keeps the air inside the car clean. Why? Um, I saw a video of the fires that they recently had down in California I actually saw people using that with all the smoke that they I had down in California fine in my Tesla I could breathe yeah like they they were showing like this is like it had it had like an onboard display like this is the air quality outside the vehicle <laughs> and then like this is the air quality inside the vehicle and um they were like they would show like this they would turn it on like it would get in and they would show like the air quality and then they would turn the filter on and then it would show like the air quality improving like I- immediately. That's so strange. Like this is, I just, I, I, I always geek out over anything Tesla. I want the one that's in space. <laughs> but that being said, they, I mean, over during Super Bowl, Audi came out and said that like, like by a certain year, like half of their vehicles will be electric, and they're so they they like showed uh, like their first model of electric, an all electric vehicle. But are they going to have a ludicrous mode? I don't know. <laughs> but this one was called the, like Audi Tron or something. So I'm like, I'm on board. <laughs> Looks like they're actually going to compete with Tesla like nobody else will. Like, why the fuck not? I want some other cool electric cars. They'll get there. Yeah, I know. It's And I'm, I'm glad that there's someone out there that's chaotic good enough to make these changes happen by just being crazy enough to do this stuff. Just doing weird stuff, yeah. being kind of their own. And people always thing. get all butthurt about it. Like, who's taking government money to do this? And it's like, well, who isn't taking government money? <laughs> just just get it done. Just make better electric vehicles. Like, we almost had it in the, like, the 70s. And then the freaking GE took those all away because of the oil lobby. <laughs> yeah, it was like oil industry. And that's, once again, government dollars. But we're yep. not a political cast, so I don't want to go into yeah. that. <laughs> I just, just more electric vehicles, please. I want more. I want the future. I want, yeah, I want the future. Okay, moving on. Moving on to Dead Mouse. You heard of Dead Mouse, Dead Mouse 5. Yeah, I heard of him last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah didn't he have a concert in Fortnite? no no no, no. that was marshmallow <laughs> I'm, just, no. I'm just messing with you <laughs> no so he um he he, he 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 during a stream he said a homophobic slur i i'm sure you can imagine which one um and so twitter uh, twitter uh, twitch suspended him for it and he had a meltdown and said he's quitting twitch forever and he deleted his twitch channel <laughs> I didn't even know he had a Twitch. Yeah, that's... I mean, he would play games like Fortnite 2 on it, but a lot of what he did was he would live stream him producing his music. Was he also at the Marshmallow concert? I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I would not doubt it. But yeah, he does that. That was the thing he always did was he'd just sit down in his studio and he would just live stream himself producing music. That's weird. 
I mean, I thought about doing that for when I edit this podcast, but then I'm like, well, there's probably stuff that I don't want people to hear while, <laughs> while I'm, or, or things like, I don't like, I'm, I'm not in a, what I would call a clean environment. Like, I don't want like personal details to like inadvertently get displayed while I'm like editing something. Yeah. So I don't have like a pure work environment that's safe to stream really. So yeah, I don't know. I always thought about that. I was like to be fun, especially like when I do like the music and stuff or when I'm um, working in like after effects to try to make like the learning after effects to make our voice clip videos look a little better than just a logo with a sound wave thing. <laughs> and when you say sound wave, you mean the transformer. <laughs> yes. The transformer, <laughs> the transformer the sound wave. So I'm going to see, he said there's another article here saying that he apologized for his homophobic slur and his post meltdown. Um, so he, he says he realized that both his outburst and his non-apology were out of line. <laughs> so he, he had a non-apology afterwards, too. So. Interesting. <laughs> oh, geez. I realized that trying trying to somewhat dismiss it as gamer culture was even worse. So, yeah, he, was, he used a gamer word. He's what? Oh, my God. <laughs> you ever seen that? Like people, he just used a gamer word. <laughs> it's locker room talk. Yeah. It's, yeah, basically locker room talk so as for twitch they had every right to ban me for that it was clearly in violation on their terms even if it wasn't it was all around an incredibly irresponsible and insensitive thing to say nonetheless sounds like something from a pr person yeah especially for someone who has a has a reach what i said was incredibly stupid and i don't actually hold those beliefs at all i let some gamer get the best of me and in that moment i completely lost control and me lashing back with some knee-jerk post about how, how it may have some seemed unjustified was completely unfair to Twitch and its viewers, so I apologize for that as well. But it still says that he won't be returning to Twitch anytime soon. He's done with yeah. all their crap. It sounds <laughs> sounds similar to the time PewDiePie said the other gamer word. <laughs> Maybe they they were in the locker room when that <laughs> happened. <laughs> Maybe that's what was going on. They're just gamers, you guys. You don't get it. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing toxic about gamer culture. Oh Jesus! <laughs> it's uh, it's all them twelve year olds. So doesn't mean we can't clean it up, guys. Let's keep this clean. Just use all gamer words. You'll be safe. Is the F word a gamer word? Fuck! It probably will be soon. <laughs> Won't be able to say that anymore. It's the only word I say ever. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like any, literally anything can just be taken by trolls and turned into like something uh, racist or homophobic or whatever. Um, hate speech. It's pretty easy for them to do that because then the news outlets run with it and then that just becomes the truth. Um, have you seen like the new like small hand size emoji emojis that came out? No. So there's a new emoji that was unveiled that is basically it looks like someone just making like like they're pinching their fingers together to make something like something like like how you could crush somebody's head. Yeah, like that. Um, Vi and then Vice came out with an article saying, "Hey, look now there's finally a uh emoji for women to um 
for women to make fun of men's penis size or something something along those lines and basically like saying like hey when you get an unsolicited dick pic you you can send them this emoji back and just to say hey yeah your dick looks small and so like they're running that article and very shortly after internet trolls said hey guess what guys this is our new um white supremacy sign (laughs) so and now news articles are running with that (laughs) it's so oh my god. So yeah, so now it's like officially already on the hate speech list. Wow. Yeah. Pretty easy to turn whatever you want into hate speech these days. I just wish all the emojis weren't from the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. I miss the BB code smileys. You know those ones? Yeah. Yeah. You like the raffle, the green the green face raffle and did you ever see the bow raffle? No. It was like a guy it was like a stick fig- stick figure raffle guy bowing while raffling to emphasize the how hilarious <laughs> it was like an extra layer of raffle on top of the raffle. I just I, remember the raffle copter. <laughs> um, I don't think I had any other non video game video game news. Let me check here real quick. Go through this real quickly. Oh yeah. So apparently. Nickelodeon is resurrecting all that and spinning off SpongeBob SquarePants. But what off SpongeBob? His left arm. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's Gary. He's getting his own show. Or did Gary die? I don't. Did Gary? I don't die? think he died. Not that I know of. Did Patrick die? I don't think anybody died. Squidward. Now he died. So. There's no there's no details of the SpongeBob spinoff. They just said that they are doing a spinoff. Yeah, so is it Sandy's spinoff? That might be Big Texas. It's it's Mr. Krabs. He's finally getting his own show. Oh yeah. So apparently there was like threats of an ex former ex or former employee threat threatening violence or something. So uh um, so Netflix and KTLA were put on lockdown today. This was like four hours ago. So an update from about an hour and a half ago, the lockdown began when a fired Netflix employee called a former former colleague saying he was on the studio lot with a gun and ready to take action. The suspect was never actually on the lot. And when he was arrested, no gun was found. The early reports of an active shooter were inaccurate. So people were reporting first that there was an active shooter. I never know how these things happen because I mean, like one time... One time our college got shut down because like we went on lockdown because there was a gun, a quote unquote gunman. It was actually just the ROTC <laughs> with, with their with their, their, their fake orange gun. fake yeah. guns. Oh, my God. That somebody reported is like a real gun somehow. Yeah. I think it's just like as soon as someone makes that report, then everything just automatically goes into lockdown until they find out more information. It, just we to were be locked safe. down for several hours. Jesus. It shows that's that's government efficiency. And, and like all things, first it was like there's one gunman. Then suddenly there was supposedly two. And then they had multiple AKs. Jesus. Yeah, it got like super out of hand. Misinformation. Misinformation City. Hey, so a sealed copy of Super Mario Bros. sold for a record-breaking $100,150. Can you believe that? You do you have a new sealed copy of 
<laughs> New, yeah, I mean, Super Mario Bros. Slater. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of money. I don't know why. I, I mean, collectors. I don't get it. I mean, if it's like, I don't know. I I get it a little bit. You own like a real fucking piece of history. Yeah. But it's just more or less. I I don't know how these things end up this way. Like, I almost want to know the story of how a copy of this game was preserved in such like quality. I mean, I think of that with a lot of games that it's like, how how is there a brand new copy of that like sealed in box like still kicking around? So let's see. Um, this sale represents a huge jump over the copy of Super Mario Bros. that sold in 2017 for over $30,000, which itself was a record price. The difference comes down to a tiny sticker. Instead of being shrink-wrapped in plastic, the boxes containing the very first run of NES games produced in America were only sealed on the top flap using a black foil circular sticker with the Nintendo logo on it. Oh, so this is like a first print. Yeah, these were only sold for a brief period of time before the NES national rollout, while Nintendo was still test-marketing the consoles in cities like New York and Los Angeles, in 1985 and 1986. At that time, an NES set came packaged with Duck Hunt and Gyromite, but not Super Mario Bros., which was sold separately. See, see in this, some of this So stuff someone is bought like, this and never opened it. <laughs> Seeing, like, some of that history coupled with, like, whatever weird story this might have behind it if the collector, you know, is in touch with whoever they got this from, like, tracking down some of the history is just interesting that I like I don't know I I like that stuff but I I would never pay that kind of money for anything but that's obviously just because I'm poor <laughs> so it looks like three different people went went in on this um, jointly owned by three buyers Jim Halper Halperin founder and co-chairman of the collectibles auction company heritage actions coin dealer and game collector Rich Lecce and video game store owner Zach Geig. Yeah, it's I interesting mean, how they how are they what is the intention here if there's three owners <laughs> are they just they're going to take turns looking at it. Yes. No. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sounds like these are preservationist. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, while we're on the subject of Mario, let's talk about that direct. There's quite a few cool things. I mean, the directs are always like a grab bag of things you want and also being disappointed of them <laughs> not showing certain things that you know exist. Uh, most specifically, there it wasn't Animal Crossing, but I think they're going to do an Animal Crossing specific one. And I mean, I think that game's actually slated more towards fall and winter, like yeah, release. So I think it's a little ways off. But enough about that. Let's talk about what they did announce. Super Mario Maker 2. Ooh. That was the very first thing they showed. That's the one thing. The The first one was the reason I bought a Wii U. It has slopes. Oh. That's kind of all they showed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, well, they also showed there's a tile set for Super Mario 3D World. Hey. So there's Cat Marios. There you go. Yeah, and I, I actually, I'm glad they added that tile set because it, like, it's not exactly, I guess, the way I would want it because it still looks like it's a, a 2D setup for it. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, it's it looks like a 
like 3D, like 3D, the, 2D. Yeah, like the 2.5D type stuff for yeah. it. Which I mean is fine. It just is. I, I, I ideally, I guess, would want a. Uh, yeah, I want like, like Galaxy and Super. Yeah, and, like and a, Super Mario 64. A, a Super Mario 3D World Maker or something like. That. I yeah. want 3D Mario Maker. But I noticed. But whatever the, they do, I'm sure I'll be happy with. When they showed kind of the. I wouldn't say it's the cover art, I guess, but when they ended this, they showed obviously Mario in his construction hat and then Luigi in his construction hat, which my theory always for just a Mario Maker 2 was, yeah, co-op, but they didn't show co-op at it at all but well, that's always been my theory and if they put better Luigi, damn well put co-op if they, i mean i don't think they would they better not do like the original like version of co-op where you just took turns well i mean the like mario maker one already had that basically where you did just take turns yeah you it was ideal for passing a controller around but i mean i was always let down that you like couldn't exactly play luigi like yeah i were, mean they had new super mario bro were, tiles, but you yeah, couldn't, you couldn't you play could do, Luigi though. Yeah, which I mean, like you, in New Super Mario Bros, you could play co-op and bubble and all that fun stuff. Which that makes me wonder if they'll add the, because uh, obviously in in New Super Mario Bros, like Deluxe came with the Luigi stuff where he Luigi's floaty and like functions fundamentally differently physically yeah. from Mario. So I wonder if they'll add that to like a physics to Mario Maker too. Yeah, that would be a good idea. I like that. I mean, I'm sure this would be another, an ever updating depth. thing. Yeah, I just hope that they just just give us all the tile sets, please. Don't limit us when <laughs> we install the game to some arbitrary like you have to make a level with like these four blocks until like midnight. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I didn't like that about the first game. You had to wait to use all of the sets. This, yeah, looked. I don't know. This looked more intuitive in a weird way, and maybe that maybe you don't have to earn the blocks. I I, don't I hope know. not. I didn't. That was one part. I I think part of that just comes from. That comes from Nintendo just being Nintendo. It's like, well, we have to make this kind of like some sort of video game with progression, right? <laughs> Yeah, that, like, I don't. They've like, never made a game like that before. Yeah, like everything they've always done had some sort of like goals, and this is like the first time where it, the game didn't. So it felt like they just kind of arbitrarily had to be like, "Well, just do some stuff, and then you can earn things." And it it looked like you could set paths for all kinds of stuff. Like I know before you couldn't really set paths for anything. I mean, you could get around it in weird ways. Yeah, but. This at least looked for sure you could set paths for those weird like blocks that kind of grow and move yeah. so you could make levels where you like ride on those to get like to an end point. Yeah. But I hope they like set like enemy paths. Yeah. Patrol routes. Because, well, I mean, and that becomes a weird thing because certain enemies, I mean, do function in a certain specific way. Yeah. But I kind of, I always wished you could maybe change the logic of some of that. I, yeah. I understand for maybe their enemies that they specifically have like uh, the red, the like red shells always go like back and forth and like yeah. the green shells walk always continuously in a straight path. Yeah. But maybe have some other enemies that are like kind of blank or new enemies. Yeah. Specifically for this that are programmable in a certain way. 
Yeah, that would be cool because, I mean, obviously you don't want to change the core mechanics of certain enemies that appear in other games because that would be, you won't, it would suck if like you just expect a green shell to just walk off the edge of something, but instead turns around and comes back towards you. Yeah, so that that's like, I, I kind of get why some of that stuff, but introducing th- white shell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, something like that. Or, or, I mean, I guess maybe not a white shell. Like, well, I don't know. It, it could be a white shell as long as it wasn't a dry bones. <laughs> yeah. Like a white shell, but like, I don't know, change, you can change the color of the shell to something else. I don't know. Not, I don't know. That's we'll just have to wait and see this. They strange. I, obviously, it's just the f- initial announcement. So more details will come out. It's launching in June. Like that's pretty soon. Yeah, and they're like, we we built this game yesterday. I mean, I mean, there's like, they definitely have a lot more done than what they showed, but I was like, yeah. it's going to be done in June. That's crazy quick. So then other than that, we had the, the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Yeah, and that's what they closed with, and I'm super hyped for that remake. It, yeah, it like, looks really good. I mean, a lot of people are complaining about the visual style, but I'm like, I no, think that looks that, good. That looks great. Like, like it just looks like an updated version of that game, which is, I mean, that's all you need. Yeah. And I, I never played the original, which I know some people say that that was, that's one of the best Zelda games. I just never had a Game Boy. Like <laughs> I, well, I had a Game Boy Color, but I just never yeah. had that game ever. I, I, I think the only game I had on my Game Boy Color was Pokemon. I had Pokemon Blue and I think that was the only game I ever owned on there. I had a yellow Game Boy Color. And I got Pokemon Yellow, and I had a Pikachu yellow carrying case for it. I was all about that Pikachu. And then then I got that. And then after that, I got uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver. (laughs) But yeah, visually, I was actually really blown away by how this looked, that this Link's Awakening. Yeah, I don't know why people were complaining about it, because, I mean, that looks about like what I would want from that game. And I, I mean, it, it looks, looks like they're honoring the original game. I, I don't know if this is the same team, but I almost assume it's the same people that handled uh, A Link Between Worlds because mm, I'm not sure. I mean, it would make sense for the game that like the team that did a really good 2D Zelda to work on another like 2D Zelda in a way. I mean, this is still 3D, but I guess so is that other like so was a link between worlds but it just functioned like an old zelda is all i'm getting at yeah so and i mean i i like that this idea and makes me wonder like if they continue down this path will we see other remakes of older games like will we even see maybe a link to the past redone will we maybe see uh i, I don't know i mean the, the list is endless for that but like i know people really love minish cap would we maybe see a remake of minish cap who knows? But I, I'm just glad they're doing this. Yeah. I, I think of some other series that they should do, kind of both pushing on both fronts, like making a new game as well as the old game, which is kind of like, I think how they've been handling the Mario series with New Super Mario Bros, as well as having like something like a Mario Odyssey is having the old and like new simultaneously. Um, but they did that kind of with Metroid, how they did uh Samus returns on the 3ds recently. Yeah. And there's going to be a new like Metroid prime four. So, and it looks like they're doing that with Zelda as well. So I'm wondering maybe, are they going to bring others into that space too? Like, 
mm. and redo some of their other older games or like do some of their games in like the older style and then also maybe push forward with a newer style of some of their other IPs. It'd be cool to see. But I mean, the focus of the direct was uh, on Fire Emblem uh, mostly, which I mean, that looks all right. I, I, I personally don't really like the visuals of the 3d on it it looks kind of flat mm. like, and not like yeah. and and i'm not saying that in a uh it, it's obviously fairly anime looking but it's not flat in that sense just their color palette and like the rendering of the character seems flatter than i like sitting so like yeah it's just i i i think i get what you what you mean there yeah it just i don't know it something about it bugged me and but i i'm still gonna buy and play it but yeah <laughs> tactics games really i just love them to yeah. death so it looks good and yeah. then there, there was that new platinum games game i can't remember the name of it um it, it looks see, pretty I have, good uh, it, i have the whole list here but i kind of gotta i kind of some thought blurbs whatever it was i kind of thought it looked like before they said what it was or before i realized everything was as new as it was and that was the unannounced platinum game project i thought it was maybe a sin and punishment game so they have like a whole bunch of stuff here grid autosport unravel 2 Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered, Dead by Daylight, Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, Everybody, Final Fantasy 9, Final Fantasy 7, uh, Delta Rune, Rune Factory 4 Special, and Rune Factory 5, Disney's Tsum Tsum Festival, New Star Fox Missions, and Starlink Battle for Atlas, Oninaki, uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2, Dragon Quest 11 S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, Demon X Machina, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate Update, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker Update and Special Episode DLC, Yoshi's Crafted World, Mortal Kombat 11, new and classic characters returning, um, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, I look really cool. Like I, I, I kickstarted that like forever ago, but it was yeah. nice seeing a more completed like trailer for yeah. what that's gonna be. Uh, Box Boy plus Box Girl, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Astral Chain. That's what it was. Astral Chain. Okay. Yeah. Like the, the basically the end. Like <laughs> well, the just other read ones. The rest. <laughs> just read the rest. That was it. Like because we already uh, talked about Mario Maker and Legend of Zelda. That was the okay. last one. <laughs> uh, I went from the bottom to top. I should have started at the top. Yeah, Astral Chain, uh, it lo- which it looked pretty cool. It just looked action-packed, uh, I, though I'm, like, a little hesitant. This this Direct seemed re- really, like, anime-focused. Like, and I say that meaning, like, the games were really anime-esque in the appearance. Yeah. Well, I mean, that. let's see. So, uh, it's directed by uh, Takahisa Taro, known for his work as a game designer on Nier Automata, and supervised by Hideki Kamiya, creator of Bayonetta. Yeah, some so good. So that explains the. I mean, it's good talent behind that too. Like, yeah, for sure. So it it looks it looks decent, but it's hard to judge based off a trailer because obviously they're made to sell the game and make it look as cool as possible all right um so of those other ones did was there any of those that you wanted to talk about i mean really just the those big ones that we kind of okay. pointed out i i, I mean okay because there's one more that i wanted to talk about i didn't know if it, if the, the any of those others were worth going more in depth not into. too much okay i mean some of those were ones we already knew about yeah well 
in that case, uh, so they this one was this one was probably I think one of the crazier parts of this direct was Tetris ninety nine being announced and then being live yeah. the day that it dropped and it's like Tetris Battle Royale yeah. which is really weird yeah so I mean even Nintendo is jumping on the Battle Royale game and, and I th- guess that's through like kind of. It, it's through their their online service in a weird way. Yeah, it's serve Nintendo Switch online members uh, only. Um, free to download for anybody with that. So it's another free to play battle royale. I want to check that out because it might be a battle royale. I might be okay at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not me. I'm not <laughs> good at Tetris, but I mean, I'm okay I, at Tetris. So. That's something I definitely think I would play for at least a little bit just to check it out and lose a few times i mean it's kind of free it's free enough <laughs> free enough if you have their online service which i oh, yeah. already paid my 20 bucks for 20 a year bucks for, a year so <laughs> yeah my xbox live just renewed this month Ugh. another 60 dollars <laughs> but yeah i mean uh another thing that kind of worries me about the fire emblem though not to necessarily bring it too far back, but Koi Tecmo is helping make that, which they, they make, obviously, uh, Dynasty Warriors. Oh, yeah. And all those, which might explain some of the visuals. Yeah, but they might explain it. Game, their Fire Emblems will be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, in video game industry news, THQ, Nord- Nord- THQ Nordic buys Kingdom Come deliverance developer warhorse studios which is a smart play because that kingdom come deliverance like i i haven't played it by any means but they that game had a lot of hype behind it and seemed really good considering that was the first game that developer ever made <laughs> like that that being just a first off like thing yeah. like and it seem to be praised pretty highly like whatever that studio does next and if they have more like somebody with more money like thq nordic behind them it might help yeah um so let's see they bought they bought warhorse studios for a cool 37.6 million dollars usd um obviously they bought it in euros because they're an austrian but that's the conversion warhorse studios is based in prague and i mean they've been um, kingdom come deliverance obviously like THQ Nordic's been buying up studios left and right. Yeah, uh, so they now join a list of de- developers and publisher or publishers under THQ Nordic. Uh, includes Koch Media and their subsidiary subsidiary Deep Silver, along with smaller studios such as Wreckfest, uh, Helmer's Bugbear, and Coffee Stain, renowned for comical physics and goat uh, physics goat uh, Coffee Stain, renowned for comical physics title goat simulator in addition to this portfolio thq has also snapped up a glut of franchise rights including carmageddon alone in the dark saints row time splitters and outcast so those are all things owned by thq nordic now Jeez. so they're just getting big and what was the name of their what were they called they were just nordic before and then they bought thq and then they they became, rebranded they rebranded as THQ Nordic which seems weird I, like i don't know it doesn't seem weird to me they just want they basically THQ went under and this company bought it up and then we're and now they're just rebranding like how long until they just 
call themselves THQ. It just seems weird to write the names of a company that you like technically went under. Yeah. Like that's, I guess what's weird. Yeah. It still has a, they still carry a pedigree. So I mean more so than what their company was, which yeah, it, I can't remember the name of them before. Cause it, I swear it was something more than just Nordic. Yeah. I'm, let yeah. me see. Formerly Nordic Games GmbH. The very first name of it was called LW Comics AB. Ah, oh, that's weird. They were trade they were a company to buy and trail a company to sell and trade secondhand comic books. Nineteen ninety three the company's focus shifted towards video games, becoming a mail order retailer for secondhand software and cartridges. And finally Nordic Games A B. Uh, let's see, British retailer Gameplay.com acquired Nordic Games for uh, GB 5.96 million. I'm not sure, like GB euros. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how European currency works, really, especially back then. Um, the original owner reacquired Nordic retail division from ga- Gameplay after the dot-com bubble burst. Uh, 2004 they started with a new Ellis store entered into the video game industry in 2008 Nordic Games entered game development by creating its own publishing branch Nordic Games Publishing AB in order to create products for its outlet stores so yeah this is basically went from a comic book trading company to Nordic Games like uh, this is weird like like I said it's still just weird they I mean their name is like a name I don't really recognize. Yeah. Like, and then THQ, but THQ is a name I recognize. So I, I see why they would have adopted it. It just is like, yeah. once, once again, THQ went under though. Like you're, <laughs> you're taking the identity of somebody who went under, like that'd be like whoever ended up with Midway, like properties, just rebranding to something Midway. Yeah. I'm basically, yeah. <laughs> Cause Midway used to be a name that meant something and then they went. Under. Yeah. Or 3DO. Oh, God. Yeah, that one. I mean, kind of like the Atari name right now, I guess, as well. Like, that used to be a name that meant something. And now it's like... Not so much anymore. Now it's a name of nostalgia. Yeah. that's it's. Like, you remember that Atari? <laughs> it's so weird. They had some good games. And somebody owns that brand and is doing weird things with it. Yeah. <laughs> to someone get it from them, please. Make them stop. <laughs> They're ruining my childhood. <laughs> they used to mean something. Um, and, and whatever happened to Acclaim? Did they turn into somebody else? I don't even know. I don't know. You want to talk about old, old I, ass companies? Acclaim is probably one of those ones that ended up uh, being owned by some law firm and isn't filed away in a file cabinet right. somewhere and never will see the light of day again. Them and like Neversoft? Yeah, I can't remember which one it happened to. Like Those, those are all like names of companies and developers and stuff that i'm like used yeah. to be pretty iconic and now you just they all either dissolved or ran out of money yeah got eaten up by ea or some of these bigger companies lucas arts yeah <laughs> yeah old lucas arts games brings sierra <laughs> brings a tear to my eye yeah like what is sierra now i fr- something happened to them i can't remember what i i think i mean because there's gonna be like them. a new um what's that stupid game called leisure suit, suit larry. larry there's gonna be a new one of those i'm like i, I don't it, like who even owns that <laughs> i don't know anymore it's it's weird I, it, it, games video just get game, made. games just get yeah. made video games are weird 
<laughs> that's all I have to say. That's that's just my thing. Video games are weird. Um, speaking of weird, Harmonix is back in it with a new rhythm game. I don't know how this is supposed to be pronounced, but it's looks like it's Audica, but there's it's A U D I C A. I would assume it's Audica, but it could also be a soft C. I don't know. Audisa. <laughs> no, no, no. It's got to be Audica. Audica. So it's right. uh, another rhythm game that's in VR. So they're going after competing with Beat Saber. I mean, VR, the VR space, at least... It lends itself well to rhythm. Yeah, pl- playing Beat Saber, it's it made me really... I mean, Beat Saber actually looked interesting enough to me to get a VR headset in a way. It, it was yeah. It wasn't it's fully solid. what sold me, but it was part of what helped. Yeah, I so. think this is gonna unleash the new genre or a new battle of rhythm games. Where before we had Guitar Hero and Rock Band, and now we're going to have rhythm games in VR, which is better because now you don't need all the instruments and crap taking up space. Yeah. I mean, aside from needing an a easier, VR headset, yeah, it's an easier sell for them because they're like, we don't have to worry about producing this crappy plastic hardware selling the game for you for triple the price of a regular game now we can just sell you the game because you already spent twelve hundred dollars on a vive <laughs> uh yeah i don't know that looks it looks like it could be a pretty decent game um but speaking of um beat saber uh valve actually had to recently update the valve vr software because people were too fast it, for it playing I, beat saber I, like when i played I'm playing Beat Saber just on PlayStation and yeah. I can like hardly do it. <laughs> yeah, well, there's some people out there that are they're too good at Beat Saber for Steam. People are dexterous. I don't know how they move so quick. Yeah, I've seen some crazy videos of people like 100%ing custom games inside Beat Saber, custom levels in Beat Saber and it's just how do they do it? I don't know. I don't, I don't think know I'll how ever you know. Crazy wrist action like that. Yeah. Uh, I just Without just throwing your controller at my the hand, TV. My hands get tired. My my hands get tired playing freaking Celeste. I don't my whole body gets tired. <laughs> Speaking of which, I need to play more Celeste. I'm in. You're slacking. Yeah, I'm slacking. I've been playing Apex, but it's like I, I gotta get. I gotta. I gotta play more Celeste. Apex is really good though. It is. Can't stop playing it. Uh, let's see. So we talked about those. I like had like an article for like every single game that was inside that Nintendo Direct, and then we just talked about it <laughs> all at once. And yeah. I have to like it's a lot easier to get it out of the way that way. Yeah. Uh oh, Yoshi's Crafted World gets a demo. So if you want to check that out, that's see, you know, it's, it's already tough. out. It's tough for me because I'm like not interested and interested in this game because. The last Yoshi game I played was on the 3DS, and it just was not good. It was terrible. Yeah, it just, I mean, it was trying to be like Yoshi's Island, but it felt like, it, it felt like just a shallow clone of the original, so it just wasn't good, in my opinion, and now it's like, do, will this just be more of that? Or like, I don't know if I trust a Yoshi game. I don't <laughs> yeah and, and they, I mean, they like, don't have a pedigree that's for sure like kirby's epic yarn which is i guess the closest i can relate to something like this it was so easy it posed absolutely no challenge so it was boring it was just, yeah it put me to sleep versus like and i know kirby games are usually pretty easy but it this like kirby's epic yarn was just like not fun for me and then versus kirby like kirby's robobot planet is that's that's actually 
the best Kirby game in my book. There, there's no better Kirby game than that one. Tri- <laughs> Triple Deluxe comes close, but Robobot Planet was just so good. And then even Star Allies is okay, but I, I think actually both Triple Deluxe and Robobot Planet are better than that one. But all three of those are better than that Yoshi game. Yeah. They're, Yoshi, I think Yoshi games should be a little harder than a Kirby game. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would say that a Kirby game is probably more so a game that should be for kids. Yeah. They just, well, I, and it's I think it's all about eating that, eating food. Well, yeah. And I mean, like, they're, they're collecting are, donuts and cookies. There's, there's pitfalls in Kirby, but he can fly. So, yeah. It like negates them. Where Yoshi, obviously, he still could succumb to pitfalls. But I like, I don't know. The, the last game I played was just so bad that, it it left such a bad taste in my mouth <laughs> that I'm afraid of this. So I should just break into the demo to see if I like it. But the demo is probably it's not going to be a great representation of the game. Yeah. So, you know, those guys that made a better Sonic game than Sega has made in the last 20 years. I can't remember the name of the team, but you're talking about Sonic Mania. Oh, yeah. Sonic Mania. So these guys are creating their own studio and they are naming it. They're naming their studio Evening Star. Oh, they should just name themselves the Good Sonic Team. The Good Sonic Team. <laughs> yeah, so I, it looks like the like the original four members that created that game uh created Sonic Mania are going, let's see. Five members actually. Looks like yeah, five members. In a press release from a studio, the team states it intends to create fresh fun games which will stand the test of time. Um in addition to that, the founder Director of Sonic Mania, Christian Whitehead, created the engine for Sonic Mania, um, which is known as the Retro Engine, and he is taking that with him to the studio. So definitely going to be making more retro esque games. Yep. Yep. So that's what, and that's what they go on to say is uh, this architecture will form the basis of Evening Star's titles with a new title called the Star Engine. Uh, whether that means more Sonic titles are on the horizon is anyone's guess, but we'll definitely be seeing some Genesis-inspired games for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i excited because they made a better Sonic game than Sega has made in yeah, forever. It, Sonic Mania was pretty good. I, it, I, I don't know if... I, I know some people were saying it's the best Sonic ever made. I, I don't know if I can agree with that. I don't I, think any Sonic game is the best Sonic game ever made, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a Mario guy, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm both, but I mean, Sonic had good music. Yeah. Really Sonic good. Music. Has really, really good. Music. And these guys captured that really well in a modern game. So I think that they'll do really well with whatever it, they pursue. You know, you know, it's funny though, because what the thing I liked best about so- the Sonic Mania stuff was was the stuff that was like kind of old. I, the when it entered the space of adding the new elements that were really like fresh, I, I was like, I don't like any. of that. <laughs> <laughs> You just want the old Sonic I, two and three stuff. Ba- basically, when it when it it got a little too crazy, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this stuff. <laughs> yeah, but. I, I I hope they do more stuff that is more unique, more more original titles. Yeah, that'd be nice to see. But, but we'll maybe see what they, they do. can only make Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> We're only good at making Sonic. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Have fast racing Hedgehog Man. He's not Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. We already mentioned Apex Legends hitting 25 million players, I believe. Yes. 
Um, that's nuts. Can't believe that. It's funny listening to Giant Bomb this week because they were talking about like all the EA, um, basically all the stock video game stocks across the board are down this year, and everyone, all the investors and analysts out there are basically being like Fortnite's ruining gaming you guys Fortnite's fucking everyone up <laughs> and, <laughs> and then suddenly like out of left field Apex comes out and it's like EA has a Fortnite you guys <laughs> <laughs> throw money at them uh, <laughs> so yeah basically that's that's the news of like that's how the investors are treating this like EA has a Fortnite so while everybody's stocks are in free fall EA's is now going back up because because of apex great <laughs> so this sends a great message yeah but i don't know i'm do, do you I'm, think nintendo needs a fortnite or are they just gonna morph splatoon into a Fortnite? <laughs> i can see splatoon being a fortnite yeah it could it's i mean the only ip they have that could turn into that yeah i can't see a mario fortnite <laughs> <laughs> not not at all i don't know ubisoft gave mario a gun mario kart fortnite that'd be kind of cool <laughs> but i'm i'm a literally mario, like mario kart royale the, the second nintendo gave their ip the mario ip to somebody else they gave mario a freaking gun so it's like yeah. <laughs> maybe ubisoft handling uh the mario ip would turn it into fortnite yeah maybe yeah um i i I don't know. I I'm 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 happy for him. It's Rabbids Royale. <laughs> it's <laughs> Let's see. Let's move on to some Sony. Sony explains why it will not be at E3 this year. Uh, have you seen any of the stuff about this at all? Not exactly. I mean, I always had my like that they don't need it like the need for especially them over any of the other companies needing e3 like e3 hasn't evolved for years yeah so basically you hit the na- nail on the head here um so in a recent interview with cnet sony's sean Layden, uh which is uh is it looks like sie sony interactive entertainment worldwide chairman i believe is what that stands for um was questioned about the future of Pl- playstation brand and what sony wants for gamers moving forward um so basically the world has changed but E3 hasn't necessarily changed with it. Layden explains how the event was originally created in an era where the internet wasn't readily available to most consumers. And in 1995 the only way news spread about upcoming games was from journalists providing coverage to their audience, be it through magazines or the few websites that were running. Retailers also attended E3 to see new stock that would be available for the Christmas that year. They needed to be placed. They needed to place orders to make sure demands would meet or would be met for the upcoming holiday season. In our modern area, both of these factors no longer apply. E3 occurs too late in the year for retail outlets to make purchasing decisions, and they are likely informed ahead of time anyway. And games media operates on a 24-7 cycle similar to other news news outlets. Yeah, there's a lot of video game news constantly. Mm -hmm. There's so much of this stuff I have to trudge through every (laughs) single week. Uh, consumers are om- almost always kept in the loop, so E3 doesn't maintain the relevancy it once did. 
Uh, as Layden put it, we have an event in February called Destination PlayStation, where we bring all retailers and third-party partners to come hear the story for the year. They're making purchasing decisions in February. June now is just too late to have a Christmas holiday discussion with retailers. So retail has really dropped off. And journalists now with the internet and the fact that 24-7 there is, uh, there's game news. It's E3 lost the impact around that. So... Well, and I mean, them with their own show, at, like, they get to control all the messaging. Yeah. So why, why, like, essentially E3, all it is is a giant place for advertising at this point. It, it's just a place of, like, here's all these trailers. That's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... I mean, it all makes sense to me. But then, on the other hand, you have Microsoft being like, we're going to go big this year, so... Yeah, it's I mean, different ideologies. I mean, I think just like Microsoft about, wants to have a party is basically. Well, just like anything, it is what you make it. So, yeah, like and if they Sony, can, Sony has gone big on their PSX or whatever it's rebranding to. And yeah, I know there's Paris Games Week, which arguably is PSX at this point. I know there's been disputes about that. But I mean, whatever any of that stuff is like Sony has enough money and throws their own little party. Yeah. So, but I know E3 for some of these other people's is kind of the only venue. Like they, it, and at least in some ways for in Microsoft's case, they know it's something people are already watching. Yeah. So why and, not just use that to your advantage? And I mean, yeah, Microsoft, they right now they're basically just out there putting their name out there wherever they possibly can, including on the Nintendo switch. So <laughs> it's, they're just, they're they They want Microsoft and the Xbox brand in every possible corner they can have it in. Um, so for them, it makes sense to stay at E3 no matter what. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they just got their own show again, that, that Xbox like event thing that they did in Mexico. Yeah. And that was a pretty good event. I enjoyed that. We watched that one live. So, yeah, I mean, just they're growing, too, and it's fine. Nintendo will be doing its own thing at E3, it, as they always do. They always go kind of light on E3, but they, they have directs, obviously, so yeah, where they control the messaging and you get your little seasonal update from them. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I I like I like these events like this because it's it changes things up and it gives a place for them big things to get announced in front of a, an audience um, rather than just been hey here's a trailer out. I mean, I just like that you get a big bulk of news. Like I, yeah, I it's actually just, it's wish, like a big news dump. I, I wish the company like all the companies handled stuff more like kind of like Nintendo that you do get a seasonal update on like yeah here's just a bunch of trailers for things so it, it just. I mean, I like that because I just love all all game news type stuff. So it gives me something yeah. to talk about for a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Should I talk about... Yeah, we're already talking about Sony. So let's talk about crossplay. You, you want to yeah. talk about that crossplay that Sony's <laughs> yeah, not being fully truthful about? Sony... Let's see if I can find the right article here. I'd saved several articles. Yeah, there seem to be a lot of articles on this specifically, but that's because Sony kind of made a statement. Sony says it's open for business on PS4 crossplay, but developers disagree. Um, so, I mean, basically, just to start off, um, 
So the War Groove developer Chucklefish basically got told no by Sony when they wanted to do crossplay, which I mean, so War Groove is supposed to be coming to PlayStation 4 eventually, but I mean, it has crossplay on Switch, um, Xbox, and PC, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I I have a feeling that that had to do something to do with them not coming to PlayStation 4 right away. Yeah, later this year, it's supposed to launch on PlayStation 4. But they say, Bryce added that while it might be more complicated from a policy standpoint on PlayStation's part, but for Chucklefish, intimating crossplay is as easy as flipping a switch. Something people have been speculating about ever since Fortnite maker Epic Games accidentally enabled crossplay between Xbox One and PlayStation 4 back in September of 2017. And then it was a full year before Sony announced it would allow crossplay for Fortnite. Can you believe that it was a full year since they accidentally flipped the switch to allow it? That's crazy. Before them actually allowing it. I mean, that... Like, it still doesn't it, even feel thing, like a full year since Fortnite was out. <laughs> when that whole accidentally, quote-unquote, thing yeah. happened, it seems so purposefully, like... Yeah, like, look what we can do. We're holding everyone back. It, it just seems crazy to me, them saying, like, we're open for business, but then them treating, like, Fortnite and the Rocket League stuff as if it were... There's some, like, like premium, like... yeah. Yeah, they're picking favorites, and I mean, even the, the this goes on to talk about. But then the, saying they're like it's a beta, like yeah. come on, like well, because this goes on to talk about high res, and they make Smite and Paladins, yeah. and how they can't that like that they're struggling to get their stuff on there, and it's yeah, like what, what's the deal here? Are are you allowing crossplay or are you not? Is this maybe also holding back uh, Apex from allowing crossplay? Like, I yeah, mean, that's yeah, same. Like, it just seems like the messaging across the board is that like the people holding cross true crossplay back is Sony. And how many millions of players do you need before they allow crossplay? Is, yeah, I guess like what 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 are the caveats here? And it's it just yeah, Sony's really being kind of dicks on this front. Yeah, I mean, basically, Chucklefish they say that they they basically come out with guns blazing, saying that Sony is responsible for the lack of PlayStation 4 crossplay. And like the first quote in this article from PC Gamer is just, "We were told no." Well, and I I had mentioned that I I like I mean I don't know if this article confirms it by any means, but that I figured Wargroove might not be on PlayStation, at least right now, because of crossplay. Yeah, well, like, and that's why, yeah, I mentioned that just a second ago. It seems like that has, I mean, I feel like it definitely has to have part, partially to do with that because, I mean, it's still coming to PlayStation 4 later. Yeah, and I'm like, but, I, don't, I don't know if that's like, it's coming later because of negotiations. Yeah, they're they're like, punishing like, PlayStation for not allowing them to do crossplay, so we're going to release it later. So yeah. everyone else is going to buy it on the Xbox and the Switch and the PC before you guys. They, so you, you have yourself to blame. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's kind of how I see it as. But I mean, I could in be my wrong. case, I, I typically I play most of my games on PlayStation. And I mean, I bought Wargroove on my Switch. That's where I played it. So they lost money from me. So <laughs> in an interview earlier this week, Sony chairman Sean Layden told Game Informer that we're open for business on this one. All it takes is for publishers and developers who wish to, to permission it out as ever, just work with your PlayStation account manager and they will walk you through the steps that we've learned through our partnership with Epic on how this works. Um, then Chucklefish's CEO responded 
onto the claim. We made many requests for crossplay, both through our account manager and directly through higher ups, all the way up until release month. We were told no, or we were told in no uncertain terms that it was not going to happen. That's quite the sentence. No uncertain terms that it was not going to. What, yeah, <laughs> like just a lot of double negatives. <laughs> yeah, just like a bunch of no's. Just <laughs> how many times can we say no? You're not big enough. We're not going to make enough money off of you guys. You're not Fortnite. Yeah, like... You're not Rocket League. Like I said, how Get many of millions here. of players do you need yeah. to just have crossplay? It's like... I feel crossplay is more for the the small people to have a larger player base. Yeah. I'm trying to find another article, too, here, since we're talking about crossplay. Rocket League's cross-platform party system arrives February 19th. Um, so it's obviously one of the select few where you can play with playstation um so your friends list has four tabs the first displays your friends playing on the same platform and the second includes your buddies playing on different systems the other tabs are for recent players and notifications including those all important party invites you'll also see invites for clubs which now also work cross-platform. Uh, so to add a friend, you need to know their Rocket ID, which combines a username with a four-digit number. This automatically this automatically assigned through. Though you can change your Rocket ID username from an option at the bottom of the list, the number will stay the same. Yeah, so it sounds kind of like a Discord or something. Yeah. So Psionic said in October it was delaying its Rocket ID system until this year to make sure it was compatible with PS4. So another thing delayed by Sony. I just, I don't get what the deal with Sony. Come on. Yeah. Stop it. So it doesn't say much else other than this. I'm like I said, I'm still waiting on the ability to combine all of my stuff from my other platforms into one account. Just let me put all my stuff on one rocket ID, please. For the love of God. (laughs) I played this on almost every single platform. Well, I don't know. Maybe that will never come. I think Rocket League is the one game I've bought the most out of any game. (laughs) Speaking of buying games the most, that's like uh, Hollow Knight. They're having a new game. uh, I I had actually kickstarted Hollow Knight. So you get it for free. I I do get the new (laughs) game for free, but they're doing a good thing. And I think I, I actually deserve this make good. Because I I got Hollow when I kickstarted Hollow Knight, it was only coming to PC. So I got the PC copy. Well, I'm not much of a PC gamer. So then I saw that game was coming to Switch. And I was a little mad because obviously as a Kickstarter, I didn't get the choice then to get a Switch copy, which I yeah. would have chosen, but I, d- I never got that choice. So I bought it on Switch. But as you know, I'm mostly a PlayStation gamer. Well, at the time it came to Switch, they didn't announce it was coming to PlayStation. So like a couple weeks later, it came to PlayStation. So I bought it on PlayStation. <laughs> so I, I, t- I have technically in some ways bought that game three times. Um, Sounds like main Rocket League. <laughs> yeah. And so in some ways I'm like, I deserve that, that new game for free. Uh, but the new game through a Kickstarter survey will let you pick the platform, but only between PC and Switch. So it'll probably come to other platforms, but later would be my guess. Yeah. But Hollow Knight has sold, the, it looked like 2.3 million, they said, units, which is crazy because it was only backed by some 2,000 
backers. So you can tell by them giving the game away for free to the backers above a ten dollar tier. Uh, it well ten Australian dollars. <laughs> tier is uh like they're not really losing a lot of money on that front yeah i mean i'm happy i'll probably end up buying this game again (laughs) (laughs) this is all the platforms um okay so this is probably the biggest news of this week so activision blizzard is laying or they already have done they're laying off 800 employees i think the number was like eight percent of their workforce yeah, 8% of its of its total employees. Which has been just devastating yeah. for many people, and the, especially the way this has been rolling out. Yeah, so they... Um, I love the article here from Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Activision Blizzard prioritized profit over people, laying off around 800 employees. That's nuts. So they basically... Um, and that same day, they had an earnings report, and Bobby Kotick starts out the report. Um, I was kind of following Jason Schreier's Twitter that day because he was just on top of this, and he basically opened up his um, his opening statement was that it's it's been a record year for for uh, Activision Blizzard, so record year, but not record enough apparently, not enough to keep eight hundred employees. Yeah, and. It- wasn't there something about... Yeah, so they have a new CFO yeah, yeah, that they took right. on. They have a new CFO, and somehow in this chaos of laying off people and this record year, they scrapped together $15 million to give to their CFO as a sweetener. So it's, congratulations. You guys look like huge dick bags. I mean, I just... What's the reason for any of this? Yeah, I downsizing. Don't. Yeah, What's they're going on. So here? their official their statements are basically that they need to scale scale down some areas of our organization. Um, sorry to share that we will be parting ways with some of our colleagues in the U.S. today. In our uh, regional offices, we anticipate smaller similar evaluations subject to local requirements. Um, and it looks like most of the there were non-development roles in Activision Publishing, Blizzard, King, and some of Activision Studios, including High Moon, who have previously worked on Destiny and Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Um, so I just don't like this seems nuts to me. Like maybe they're just preparing to lose a lot of money now that they suddenly don't have Destiny. Maybe, but I don't know that it's. I feel with the upcoming Blizzard stuff, they're going to be making plenty of money. Yeah. Because so then I, th- th- I mean, they have that Warcraft three thing that's definitely going to make money. Like they have, like love or hate it, they have that Diablo mobile game, which is definitely going to make money. Yeah, and a lot of people are comparing this to like when Nintendo, um, when the 3DS and uh, Wii U were not selling all that great, and um. Satoru Iwata took a 50% pay cut and other executives took a 20 to 30% pay cut in order to, to reduce the amount of like, losses. Nobody, the company. nobody else on the planet is that noble. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at like Nintendo in this situation, like they, they didn't lay people off in order to keep everything afloat. <laughs> it's just, it's a totally different mindset. And it's just, I mean that, that that tells you like the the company culture really. Corporate greed is real. Oh, it's totally so real. Yeah. So then I had some other kind of 
insider stuff, uh, people that worked in in, in industry. So this guy was someone who was a former Activision Blizzard employee. And he said he saw in December that there are a lot of people he knew that were taking the uh, severance packages. So um, apparently like to these guys, it had been kind of an open secret that this was something that was coming down the pipeline. A lot of people were taking severance packages as early as December. Wow. And uh, apparently there's a lot of people that were working there that didn't have like since November, they didn't they didn't know whether they would have a job by the end of every single day they came into work. God damn. Like I can imagine. Yeah. So then this guy went on to say that the the way that Blizzard were handing out their packages, he had to he had a feeling that <laughs> something was coming. So he, he said that the last time that they had layoffs when he was working for the company, he said it was like a really bizarre and really shitty day. Um, but then uh, uh, Morhaime, which I'm not sure which role he 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 had at that time, um, he sent out a statement, seemed to be pretty remorseful about it. And then he actually did seem to care about the employees. But then he left and then um, who is J.A.B.? I'm not sure. It's, it's that whenever he went... Basically, that guy was the first guy was leaving and then this guy was coming to take over Blizzard and he was just like, well, fucking R.I.P. Blizzard. So. So, yeah, it's just kind of a shitty, shitty situation all around. I I mean, it doesn't give me a lot of faith in Blizzard in or Activision Blizzard. Yeah, I mean, this is this sounds like one of like how many shitty incidents of just mass layoffs do we need within the games industry? It just, it seems endless at this point. Yeah. There's way it's happening way too often. Game developers need to unionize. Oh, um, for sure. But the, the thing is, is I've in this same kind of topic, um, these, these same people were discussing where people brought up the unionizing thing. And he said, well, the, the problem is like a lot of people doing game development are lone wolves. And so they believe a lot of the anti-union stuff and how that's they're going to lose a lot of their creative freedom if they join a union or something. So a lot of them don't like the idea of unions because they just want to work and get the work done however they want. And they feel like it's something like a they, they basically believe a union would hold them back from getting the work done. Um, I mean, in some ways it to, does, in some ways yeah. it doesn't. But And that's with, with how often this shit's happening, that is kind of starting to change, and people are starting to see that I, unions are kind of getting to be necessary in this field. Oh, yeah. I mean, unions can both be bad and good, but they need something. They need more protections. There's way too much volatility. I mean, even in the wake of all this, there's still like a bunch of other game development companies are out there saying, hey, we have positions open. If you were laid off by um, Activision Blizzard, contact us and see if you'll fit in here with us. I mean, it's still kind of like at least they're open saying, hey, we have some stuff available if you guys I don't know if this is a new job opening, but uh, Bayonetta 2 director leaves Platinum Games, so Yosuke, Yosuke, I I don't speak Japanese. Uh, uh, (laughs) It's hard to pronounce. Hashimoto has announced that he has departed from Platinum Games. Wow. Hashimoto was the director of Bayonetta 2 and worked on the first game as a producer, and he also uh, was 
a director for the Platinum side on Star Fox Zero. So, yeah. And it doesn't really say why he's leaving or if maybe he was, like, ousted in some way. <laughs> but he's no longer with Platinum Games, so... Well, and on that kind of similar note, but on the opposite spectrum, despite good financial performance this quarter, Ubisoft is striving to provide a fulfilling work working environment for its employees. So they Ubisoft reports strong profits, doesn't fire 800 people. Ubisoft, and I mean, they were they even offered a lot of the people jobs from the whole Telltale thing. Yeah. So they're, they're yeah, I Ubisoft's mean, they're, like they, they're a good company. They're I saw a company and they were I know they were under danger of being under a hostile takeover a couple of years yeah, ago. From and, Vivendi. And I'm glad I'm kind of glad that has passed for now. <laughs> I mean, like or hate Ubisoft games. They they were really a decent through. company. They pulled like, through and they and, also give their games like. They take feedback and update their yeah. games very quickly. I mean, despite like one of their their more recent really, it's uh, one of their more recent games being a huge train wreck on release. But they make good on their stuff. They, they yeah. follow through. The, and they fix stuff. I I don't know. They like, I, I I've like never them. like I d- despite the fact that I'm not a huge fan of Assassin's Creed, um, because I've never really felt like they were fun for me to play myself. Um, but. I recognize that they put a lot of work into what they do. They're they put out a solid they put out solid stuff all the time. So I mean, it's it more or less for me. It just boils down to them taking customer feedback and actually making changes. Like I think of the newest Assassin's Creed, how at least when I played it, since I played it so quickly that you used to have to open the menu and have to craft arrows every time you needed more arrows. They eventually just like almost a month later put a fast craft for that, like an auto craft. And it was like, wow, just making changes so quickly. Yeah. It's this article. This whole article is just a huge slam against Activision Blizzard. I don't know how much of this is like editorialized or how much of it was meant to be. I don't know if like, the um if i don't know if ubisoft was calling out activision blizzard at like during this or if this was kind of editorialized for this article but like some of this stuff is instead of laying off the people partly responsible for that growth guillemont suggested growing its workforce and making them happy was a priority Ubisoft is building its organizational structure for the long term, he said in a statement. Leveraging the ownership of our IPs and studios, we are striving to provide a fulfilling working environment so that our talented people can realize their full potential and to deliver players beneficial experiences that go beyond pure entertainment. Therefore, we are confident in our ability to continue to grow and increase our profitability over the coming years. Yeah, so that Ubisoft. sounds a little bit editorialized, but <laughs> but I I hear that uh, that president, that CEO, is that Gelmont guy. I hear he's really cool. Yeah, like, I, seems I, real cool. <laughs> yeah, I hear he's like I mean a true gamer and like understands and knows where to push games to. So I I think he gets that it's not all about the people at the top. It's about the people that get you there. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a good standard to live by when you're a executive in a company. Um, so let's see. Nintendo president says 
20 million switch target failed due to insufficient efforts to convey its appeal. I I don't buy that. I do not know. Yeah, he he reset he reset the estimate to 17 million, which I mean, three million less units. Eh. I mean, they're doing they still, fine. They're still doing really good. I, I think he just needed a, a, a bullshit reason. I, I I mean, realistically, the reason they're... I, I thought their uh, original goal was a bit lofty. It, it was a bit... A bit pie in the sky. Yeah, a little bit. They, they got pretty close. That like They're getting close to those numbers, no doubt. But, but resetting it, um, it's not due to advertising. It's due to currently uh since we already have a mario and a zelda there just isn't another heavy hitter like to keep momentum going that's all it is it's like where where is a new mario kart where's a new like donkey kong yeah where's just like the deluxe where's a metroid you know where's your fire emblem like well now we know where a fire emblem's coming and like where's it, you, to be honest, what would probably move the most units is the a Pokemon. Where like once we have a Pokemon like proper on there, like Go is good, but Go's not enough. Yeah, I feel so. But uh, on that same note, though, less than two years into into the Nintendo Switch, there are currently. 1,868 titles released on the Switch. Which explains at the beginning of every cast when we're doing new releases why there's so many Switch titles, which are mostly titles that probably are already released on other platforms. Yeah, and they're just getting ported. Yeah. Which everything's getting ported to the Switch because everyone wants to take their games... On the go. On the go. And that on that same note, Respawn, I guess, has been out there saying that they are looking at ways to try to get Apex onto the Switch. I mean, they have to. <laughs> if you that would wanna, be awesome. You want to be number one in you gotta that be space, every, yeah. you got to be on everything. Like free-to-play Battle Royale, you got to be everywhere. And Getting eventually, a- you got to... I mean, how much, how Fortnite's numbers also have to be partly due to the fact that you can play Fortnite on your phones yeah and i'm like get i was gonna say getting on the switch is just like the that's the steps to getting yeah. onto a phone and tablets oh yeah exactly because i mean it's basically it's the switch is like phone and tablet hardware yeah and i mean arguably phone and tablet hardware will be surpass the switch here <laughs> soon yeah so. with, with the note 10 probably yeah <laughs> so but but get, get, i'm sure getting, the uh the switch probably has a lot better heat control than yeah a, a it's got phone. fan in that thing yeah i mean get getting on the switch though is the, the first steps because i mean that is a console like it is a console it is a platform for games so it does have a install base that of people who are probably going to play video games versus phones and tablets where they may or may not be playing games on there not to say obviously you you still want it on those devices yeah um though i don't know how i would feel about getting dumped into a team in a crossplay situation with somebody playing on a phone <laughs> <laughs> well in other kind of nintendo news mario kart 8 deluxe world record attempt Fittingly destroyed by a blue shell. Devastating. Absolutely <laughs> devastating. As, I mean, the blue shell, it, it did what it do. It ruins your life. 
<laughs> it's it's famous for a reason. Infamous. Let's see. This is a funny little quote from the, the synopsis of the article. Can you imagine? <laughs> no. Ah, the blue shell. As is to be expected, Mario Kart's very own rage-inducing spiky ball of doom, destruction, and relationship breakdowns has claimed yet another victim, and this time, it's even ruined a world record speedrun attempt. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's a funny article. (laughs) I like that. Way to go, Blue Shell. Let's see, what else we got here? Got some other good news. Other good stuff. Uh, Nino Kuni is being made into a movie in Japan. An animated movie? Was it? (laughs) <laughs> it looks 3D animated. Why not just play the game? I don't know. That could just be a screenshot from the game I'm seeing. Pro- I don't know. Probably is. Animated movie by Level 5. Released in Japan this summer. What? Okay. Weird. Directed by Yoshiyuki Momose, who, uh, as well as working on both Nino Kuni games, has directed several shorts and commercials for Studio Ghibli. All of this is such a weird thing, but I mean, okay. I, I mean... <laughs> The game basically is like an animated feature. Oh, it's going to have some good ass music. Composer Joe Hisaishi, another familiar name for Ghibli fans, having scored movies including Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke. So it's going to have that pedigree of music in it. I mean, those games already look like a Ghibli film. And I mean, they worked with Ghibli on the first game. Yeah, then she's basically saying it's like playing a a Ghibli movie or Ghibli movie? Yeah, it's they're cool. Like I really enjoyed two as much as people say it's not as good as one. But I haven't played. I played the opening of one. I never really got outside of the opening because it was kind of a little slow moving to get out of that. Where two just drops you straight into the action. So this has me questioned a little bit. The animation's being handled by OLM of Pokemon Inazuma. And Berserk fame. So I'm like... Which Berserk? Which ber- yeah, which Berserk? The good Berserk or the shitty Berserk? And even I'm, then, which Berserk? <laughs> yeah. The only good Berserk's the manga. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, when they put Pokemon in the same line as Berserk, I'm just going to go ahead and assume it's the one where the sword sounds like you're hitting a chunk of metal. I don't know, though, because there was... I mean, there was the old original one, which was okay and then there were the OVAs which the OVAs were like pretty well done and then there was the new the new one which is not good at all let's see OLM formerly Oriental Light and Magic was this like a subsidiary of LucasArts <laughs> industrial film it's for LARPing it's a LARPing group <laughs> So OLM worked on the original original Berserk. Okay, weird. Well, that that one was pretty good. I mean, it. So I don't know if they, they... ran out of money. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it does. It looks like uh, my favorite version of Berserk. Anyway, I like that style. I mean, it was old school back when they hand drew things. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I think I might be able to get behind this, but I mean, also it depends on like which Pokemon too, because I don't know how I feel about that more recent Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know either, but this, this coming from me who I haven't really watched a Pokemon in years. So yeah. So apparently Fortnite battle Royale players can grab season eight battle pass for free if they complete certain challenges. So you got to go on a quest 
<laughs> I mean, that seems all right. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't do the Fortnite. So free, you can get the battle pass free this month by completing a set of challenges available from now until Wednesday, February 27th. So I don't so know. Maybe just cause it's a short month. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know if they list what the challenges are. You have to complete 13 of the 20 tasks that will be parceled out over the next two weeks. Like searching seven chests in the motels or RV parks or placing top 15 in duos mode. So, yeah, it just sounds like a very, just a mixed bag of stuff you can do. And I think that's all right. I mean, they're making enough fucking money. So, whatever, whatever they want to do, I guess. Let's see, you mentioned, did you mention Hollow Knight? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, yeah. Did I mention the name of that thing though? I can't remember if I did or not. I mean, it's yeah, it's called uh, Silk Song, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't think you did mention that. Yeah, but it's still made by Team Cherry. It's still it, they sound like they've been working on this kind of in. I I hesitate to say secret, but I guess I mean it's been just I the three people that work on this project just they make an immense amount of art. Yeah. All right. So you're familiar with District Nine, right? After yes. what? How many years? I, Ten plus years. District Nine's one of my favorite movies of all time. I've only seen it once. I really liked it though. Um, I like Chappie a lot too. I like all of Neil Blomkamp's films. No. Like he, um, always like Elysium, Elysium was really yeah. good. It's a good good stuff. I like his style for which in in the for um robots, which is funny. Also, in like Apex, that Pathfinder robot looks to be kind of in that same style, too. Yeah. Um, but uh, so he released a new short film, which actually ended up being a live action trailer for Anthem. Which is like I just read about this a little bit ago and it was just kind of blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think anybody expected that. So, yay. I wonder how much EA how much money EA gave him for that. <laughs> but I know I got to check that out. I haven't seen it yet because this news came out today. So I haven't had a chance to look at any of this stuff because it's basically work and then come home and do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I'll need to check this out as well. Okay. So other than that, I think on the long, along the lines of Anthem since we're all still talking about Anthem, uh, waypoints points won't be in free play. Uh, you can get lost in the world of Anthem. Waypoints in the open world won't be in the game at launch. You'll have to use your map. So that's kind of interesting. That's um not many. That's that's kind of a seems like where games are going more often nowadays that they're being less handholdy, which I like. Uh, myself. But. Yeah, I mean, especially like Apex. They're the they they just the tutorials like here's the buttons you use to do things, and that's it. That's the tutorial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so everything else, like learning the weapons and um the stocks and drop locations and strategies, all of it's up to you. And it's kind of like Celeste. Yeah. It's a lot of yeah. There's they don't tell you anything. It's you it's live gotta, die repeat. Yeah. It's edge of tomorrow. It You're is playing edge of tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, which is funny. This is the second week we've brought up edge of edge of tomorrow. <laughs> it's a good movie. Everybody go watch that movie if you haven't seen it. 
And then you can play the game based off it called Apex Legends. Yeah, it's no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, aside from the part where you're getting shot down before you even get to the battlefield, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie, and Apex is a good game. But we're talking about a different EA game right now, so <laughs> I don't know how it's gonna shape up. I mean, I just I. For a while, I was really, I was kind of, I don't know how I feel about Anthem because it just looks like a Destiny 2 clone. But then it was like, oh, well, maybe it's pretty cool that flying around with the, the jets look pretty cool. And then that kind of tapered off a bit. And then like Apex came out and I just, I couldn't be more blase about, um, about Anthem right now because all I want to do is play Apex. Yeah, I mean, and the games do satisfy two completely different yeah things it just yeah i'm not yeah and i'm not saying that it's like i'm just of the mind of uh i don't know if i liked destiny ever enough to play more of a game that's like destiny and anthem just i i always liked bioware for its story stuff and it doesn't sound like anthem's very story heavy in any capacity so yeah i don't think it's a game i'm interested in yeah that's kind of how i feel i mean there's no like real story to, like the, I don't think like, there's no relationships like there's no it doesn't feel like there's going to be a story that's as fleshed out as like even a half of a Mass Effect game in Anthem and like de- as far as like Destiny like games I didn't like Destiny enough to even play more than a couple hours of Destiny 1 and then I didn't even bother with Destiny 2 so yeah I'm just so I, I mean know. I'm probably biased in that regard for i mean and then also me just feeling bitter that i mean i would i would rather have a dragon age a new dragon age game or a new mass effect game that doesn't suck (laughs) so i mean i i just want them to make more single player games i mean i i yeah I can't voice it enough how much I just want a new Jade Empire, but that's yeah. like it, it'll never happen. It just is yeah. like something that will probably never happen. It's like in my pipe dream of millions of games I want that will never happen, yeah. like a new Chrono game. Yeah, like I, I'm almost like I'm glad that Apex came out of nowhere because like I was kind of begrudgingly being like, well, I mean, I nothing else really seems all that interesting, so I guess I'm gonna have to play Anthem, and now it's like I don't have to. Yeah, it's Anthem because I can just play Apex. Like I've I haven't been this excited to play a first person shooter since Halo Reach. I I know. It's like, refreshing. I mean, I yeah. haven't I always felt bad cuz I didn't get all swept up in the Battle Royale games cuz none of them really yeah. appealed to my interest. And this and one's like actually fun. Like there's there's something about this game that feels like incredible i don't i don't know what this else to say about it mechanically it feels so good yeah it's one of the more solid first person shooters i've ever jumped into and played i mean because i mean me playing all the halo games and then like reach coming out with like the first time they ever did like loadout based stuff and like that was really cool and the way they did they added the jetpacks into that and mm-hmm. it was just like they don't they did a lot of cool stuff in halo reach and i was super excited and i i haven't felt that same excitement in a first person shooter since then like obviously i felt that excitement for like other games like basically every game in the mass mass effect series up until they ruined it with andromeda (laughs) (laughs) yeah i so it's just it's a good game and we keep circling back to it so i mean i think that says something about how good it is (laughs) i mean 
it's not very often that I continue to play a game that I kind of suck at. So yeah, <laughs> there's that too. I mean, it it's a game that I feel encouraged to get better at. Like I feel like they like I feel like I want to actually improve at this game, and I'll just be like okay, well, I feel like I saw what there is to play in this game. Like I mean, I. I like Fortnite, but I still felt like I dropped off of it pretty quick because like I couldn't really master the building stuff on a controller. See, I feel like playing this reminds me of when I started to get into MOBAs because uh, at MOBAs, I was terrible, like really terrible. And it took me several yeah. hundred hours to actually get to where I was good. Yeah. And I feel this is something that I can actually dump a similar amount of time into yeah. and actually care to build my skill at it. Yeah, and it feels like something that you would actually want to put that time into because it's not just going to, like, disappear or... <laughs> yeah, it, or, it, I mean, this also has... Or just the, get ruined right away. Yeah, this has the numbers backing it up, too. So it's, yeah. the, like, I know some games where I've played and got into and then suddenly it's like, well, I have to wait forever to get into a match. Yeah, so. I, I haven't checked to see Rocket League's numbers lately. I, it just seems like with every one of these new big online games, it takes another chunk out of Rocket League, which is like my other kind of like standby. Like if I have a few minutes, I can just hop in and play <laughs> a round of Rocket League. All games have to die at some point. I know. but I mean, they're still kind of big ish. I think Rocket League will always have its cult following since it's such a unique weird thing there there isn't like another game like rocket league though yeah like taking its player base away anyway we, we've gone real long here next uh next future headlines <laughs> no i'll i'll wait till then i'll actually wait till next week because i have one i have another future headline tune in next week for that and that about wraps up episode 11 of the lga podcast once again find us on facebook twitter and instagram we are lake gaming arena on everything so find us on those as well as our website lakegamingarena.com and our discord chat.lakegamingarena.com so do all of that plus give us a review and share us with your friends and with that we will see you again next week